Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Character and Smallman Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Guess what day it is. Good morning. Happy Friday. Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Great to have you with us. Michelle's already laughing even though it's thunderstorming outside. It's just such a ridiculous song. It is. It's such a great slash terrible way to start every Friday for us, Randy. <laughs> it is. It's great and terrible. Great I love and terrible. them both. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have Cardinal Baseball last night because they were off in Boston. Most of the players, by the way, went to Game 6 of the NBA Finals, won by the Warriors. We're going to get to that in a moment. The Cardinals and Red Sox play Wayno against Michael Waka, and uh, that'll Never. be a, a fun series over the weekend. First of all, how you doing? what are you going to do with the weekend? Uh, well, hopefully this rain clears up because yeah. I got some golf to get in this oh, weekend. Yeah. We have uh, uh, the little-known fifth major. Mm-hmm. The Smallman Open on Sunday. It's a big Father's Day tournament that my family does every year. Uh, my dad and I took home the trophy, and we have an actual huge physical trophy that I got made. Uh, the first four <laughs> years of the tournament, it was ours. Last year, my uncle, my cousin, her fiance, they swooped in and they her got fiance. it. Her fiance? Wait, wait, well, wait, It was wait, her boyfriend Michelle. last year. This sounds like a, a ringer situation he's to me. He's good at golf. He's Mike, if you're listening, he's good at golf. He's a problem. He's a problem for me and my dad. <laughs> and last year, it was just her boyfriend. I tried to make the argument, hey, not really family yet, because I'm such a sore loser. Yeah. Um, but he's in now. He's a fiance. He's, he's going to be there for life. So... We got to really bring our A game from now on. This is going to be an issue. But I know my dad. He's the best golfer out there, uh, at least in our family. And I think he'll carry us back home to victory. It's like a Patriots type situation, Randy, mm-hmm. where we might not win it every year, but we're going to win it most years. Okay, good. Until, at least with Tom Brady. Yeah, so until, until your dad leaves. Well, for he's, Tampa. He's never going to leave, Randy. Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's good. It's 7.03. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We're going to talk to Jay Delsing. He's a girl dad coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk to Matthew Rocchio's dad, Dave, plus Michelle's dad, Tony Smallman, will join us for the fight at 8.30 at 8.45. Our old friend and... A guy with a great dad who is a great dad, Chris Long, former St. Louis Ram, will join us. A dad times two, Chris Long. Right, yep. And uh, Tom Holiday, the father of Matt Holiday and Josh Holiday, the head coach at Oklahoma State. So here's the former coach at Oklahoma State looking into the dugout and seeing his two sons. And his grandson, Jackson Holiday, yeah. who is also a big baseball stud. Yeah. So a lot coming your way today on this Friday here on 101 ESPN. But Michelle, last night... Bad news, and Katie Wu delivered it in The Athletic. She does such a great job of breaking stories, but she wrote in The Athletic that the Cardinals are placing Yadier Molina on the 10-day injured list today due to persistent knee soreness and are preparing to be without him for at least a few weeks. Top catching prospect Yvonne Herrera will be recalled from AAA Memphis as the corresponding move, and he'll join the team in Boston ahead of the three-game weekend set against the Red Sox. Tonight, Michelle, as we just mentioned, Adam Wainwright will start for the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina have 316 career starts between them, and they're eight behind Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehan of the Tigers from the 60s. 
They're very close to breaking this record. Uh, we don't know exactly how long Yadier Molina is going to be out dealing with these these knee issues. And frankly, Randy, I'm surprised it took this long for something mm-hmm. like this to happen because there's some mileage on those bad boys. I can't even imagine how many times Yadier Molina has popped up and down during his lifetime. Millions of times, I'm sure. So that's eventually going to happen. But I just hope that this record is not in jeopardy because... It's so special for them to be in the position to capture it, and it will never be broken. They will stand alone in history with the all-time battery record. Okay, so worst-case scenario, let's assume that Yachty has to miss enough time so that they wouldn't be able to break the record under normal circumstances that he can't catch and play every day. Could you get everybody on the same page, Marmol, the front office, Yachty, maybe the biggest obstacle, and Wayno? for Yachty to catch an inning in nine more games and then have Kisner or Herrera take over? And would you waste that roster spot on a guy who, let's be honest, he can't hit anymore. He would be there specifically to break a record. I would do it. If if that was the terms, you're going to mm-hmm. do it for an inning. And I know that a lot of people wouldn't want to waste the roster spot. But this is such a rarity, and it would mean so much to so many people within the organization, not only just the two guys who would break the record, that I would do it. Just like I would bring Albert Pujols back until he hit 700. Mm -hmm. I would let him get up there in different situations until he broke that record because we're talking the most rarefied air of baseball history with 700 and with the all-time battery record. And those two deserve to have that record. And you could do it with just home games. Yes. And just, but I don't know if Yachty's pride will would allow him I know. to just be out there for a record that it, it, it's it wouldn't be a real record because of the way he broke it. I, if I was in charge and that was the way that it was presented, I would let it happen. Now I don't know if. Wayno and Yachty would want yeah. to go down that way. You're right. That would be the biggest obstacle is that, I mean, we talk to Adam every week. This is yeah. a man of big time integrity. He would want to get it the right way. Right. Six o'clock tonight, and you can see that game on Bally Sports. Meanwhile, last night in Boston, bad news for a St. Louisan, but great news for a dynasty. These Warriors are ready to celebrate. And that'll do it. It's over. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. The fourth title in eight years. The Dubs dynasty is still very much alive. Golden State rolls over Boston and wins the series four games to two. Their fourth title in eight seasons. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Stephen Curry is so great. I'm so glad that he has another title. He has the hardware now, and Mm -hmm. people don't have to have these ridiculous debates over whether he should be in the conversation for one of the all-time greats because he changed the game of basketball. He changed it. Yeah, he's a transcendent figure. He really is, and I know that a lot of people get sick of seeing the same teams and the same players be champions. I will never tire of this Golden State Warriors team. They are so fun to watch. The reason that teams keep winning and players keep winning again and again and again is because they're great. Mm -hmm. There isn't anybody better out there. And this is a team that went to the bottom, Michelle, without Curry and without Thompson. They finished with the worst record in the league a couple of years ago. And they they got James Wiseman, who we didn't even see in the playoffs, a a center who was the second pick in the draft and was the number one recruit in in college basketball a few years ago. And 
they still do it. They get Clay back. They they get Steph back. Uh, Draymond Green, who has been there throughout, is there. They get the best performance of the career of uh, of Wiggins so far, and they add great players like Jordan Poole and Gary Payton II, and they're just really, really good, and nobody, in, in my opinion, why should you begrudge them a championship? Nobody else could beat them. No, but it is a bummer that for their greatness to continue, it had to be at the hands of the St. Louis and Jason Tatum. Yeah, and, and he is... <laughs> He's going to win a championship at some point in his career. You know what? It's so funny that you say that because last night I'm watching the Warriors win and I was feeling bummed out because we really wanted Jason Tatum to win. But that only lasted about a second because I thought, I feel more confident than ever that he's going to win a championship. Yeah, I don't see any doubt about them being able to build the right team to win a championship. Meanwhile, as Michelle mentioned, Steph Curry wins MVP of the finals and he gets his fourth championship with the team. You know, like, God is great, the ability to be on the stage and play with amazing teammates against a great Boston Celtics team that, you know, gave us everything to try to get to the finish line. This one hits different, for sure. And the people that said he can't be considered among the greatest of all time if he doesn't win finals MVP... It means we won. It means we uh, took advantage of the opportunity getting back here. And I mean, I hear all the conversations. I hear all the chatter. We hear all the chatter. At the end of the day, it's about what we do on the floor. I ain't got to talk about it. Just got to go do it. And uh, this one hits different. This one hits different for sure. When they got drilled in Game Five by Memphis, I think it was on our morning show where uh, Jay Williams said they just don't care about well, the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Sometimes, especially when you're an older team and you know you're toying with the opposition, you can do those sorts of things. And they knew they were going to go home and win that series. They had nothing to worry about. Do you remember when Draymond had to lead the the huddle be- during a regular season game because they yeah. were bored? Right, and exactly. And Steve yeah. Kerr took heat from that and he was like, I have to keep them mentally engaged because they're bored. They're so good. Right, right. That sometimes it's too easy for them. Right. And, and how how great is Steve Kerr, by the way? A champion multiple times man, as a player, yeah. a champion multiple times as a head coach. That guy is just a winner, period. And people complain about their defense and they say, oh, they aren't big enough and they, they can't defend. Well, evidently, if you score a lot <laughs> and you have the ball all the time, it's kind of like the Blues, right? Yeah. If you have the puck all the time, it's hard for the other team to score. And if you're the other team and you're turning it over 22, 23 times, like the Celtics did last night, yep. it's very difficult to win a game. And it's you, you don't just turn it over. The other team has to have a hand in the lane. You have to play defense to get that many turnovers. Matthew? The worst defensive rating for a Warriors championship team in the regular season was 10th in the league. Yeah, there you go. They've never been a bad defensive team. And that's Steve Kerr, who, by the way, wins his fourth championship after winning several as a player with the Bulls. And then he was in San Antonio with Greg Popovich on uh, those teams. So he's been around championships. Well, they're all unique. They're all special. Um, I think this one may have been the most unlikely just from the standpoint of where we've been the last couple of years. A lot of unknowns with injuries to Clay, and, um, you know, Draymond at the end of the year, Steph at the end of the year, um, a lot of young guys, at kind of a new core, uh, or, or a new group around our core, I should say. Uh, but um, 
It's really special to see guys like Wiggs and, and Loon and Gary Payton, um, just how far they've come, um, the impact they made, Jordan Poole, same thing. And I, I know I'm going to forget people, but it takes uh, a full team effort to do this. And we just had a, a, a great group who, uh, who got it done. In his era, in this new age, Steve Kerr is the best leader in sports. In sports? Yeah. I mean, who who gets... You know, the only name that popped up in my mind initially is Mike Tomlin. Just because I think he is such a a great leader of men. But obviously, Steve Kerr has more championships. So I'm not... I don't really think that there's any any argument to that. Unless I'm missing someone. And that I can't think about off the top of my head, but he's certainly tied for first if there's he, someone else. You, you mentioned in terms of a lo- giving the players ownership. I, I think Tomlin still has a little bit, not a, not a stranglehold, but he has a grip uh, on the Steelers, and he, he's a great leader and a great overseer. But I get the sense that the players on the, the Warriors really have ownership of that team, like you mentioned, with allowing people Draymond to to run a huddle or or do uh, a podcast after an NBA Finals game, yeah, but yeah things like that. Or for uh, a, a guy like Steph, if he needs to be away, he 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 can be away. And being an understanding of the fact that players are not going to be available all the time, and Baruby is this way with the Blues, and know that hey. We're building towards game number 83. The, the regular season is important. Mm-hmm. They, they easily could have won. They could have beaten Phoenix for the best record in the West if they wanted to. But they were building for the playoffs. Well, and when you have championship DNA like that, you know how to pace yourself. You know the crescendo of the season. You know when mm-hmm. to maybe preserve yourself and when to turn it on. And that was one of the big narratives heading into this finals. These are these are championship guys. They know how to win. Is that right. going to be too much for the Celtics to yep. overcome? Let's hear from Jason Tatum on using the disappointment of this loss as motivation for next season. We know what it feels like to get to this point, like Smart said. Um, you know, and getting here and not accomplishing it is tough. So, you know, you don't want to feel like this again, you know, but you want to get back here. So to answer your question, yeah, it's going to fuel us. And you got to usually deal with some adversity. Michael had to deal with some adversity in the playoffs. LeBron had to deal with some adversity. Kobe had to deal with adversity of not even making the playoffs early in his career. So what did Tatum learn about this trip to the finals? It's hard. It's hard getting to this point, and it's even harder, you know, getting over the hump and winning. Uh, it's been a long journey, a long process. You know, that's what I took from it, that it's, it's tough. And we got to take it up another level to do what we, we want to do. And he has established himself as... One of, in my opinion, if not the five, and Kevin Harlan, who does games every night during the season, calls Jason Tatum one of the five best all-around players in the league. If he, if he's not in the top five, he's certainly in the top ten. I think this postseason he has exerted himself and shown why he's in that top five yeah. conversation. I wanted to go back really quick. You were talking about the way that you can like set your players up for success. Matt Barnes, who played for the Warriors when they won a championship mm-hmm. in 17, was on a watch party last night live and broke down how essentially the Warriors will do anything for you. They'll fly your entire family out. They'll get you babysitters. They only want you to think about basketball and literally not a single other thing. They fly entire families. They, entire, they have a second jet that will just fly the entire family of the entire team to and from every game if, if players want that. Because they only want you thinking about basketball, period. Take everything else out of the equation. 
and they got four championships in eight years. And they're paying something like $324 million in luxury tax <laughs> to, to keep that team together. It's crazy. Uh, that is Michelle. That is Matthew. I'm Randy. Coming up, Peak or Pit? Peak and Pit here on 101 ESPN. Get your texting now to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Up into the peaks or into the pit? Peaks and pits. Join in on the conversation with Carriker and Smallman now. Text 65780. This is 101 ESPN. All right, it is time for Peak or Pit here on 101 ESPN. At the end of vacations, Michelle Smallman has a dinner with the group that is on vacation with her and asks them for their peak of the vacation and their pit of the vacation. What's the, the all-time memorable pit, by the way? Did anything have horrible? Oh, um, or has it generally been no disasters or anything? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Or is there is, no, is is there no the merit, though, about the worst pit? And not uh, hopefully the, the, this group or the person isn't listening, but was one of the pits when you had to organize a trip on the fly because somebody that was supposed to organize it didn't? Probably. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think I would say that at the dinner. Because, you know, we're all trying to send each other sure. off back home on a positive note. Usually for me, it's like, oh, you know, I got a really bad sunburn or, uh-huh. you know. Um, one time, one time, somebody planned a day. We had We had different days that people would plan. And the day that she planned involved all of us piling into a really tiny van and driving two and a half hours each way for an excursion. And uh, your girl gets car sick. And that Mm -hmm. did not make the peak. We'll just put it that way. I can imagine. Yeah. And I was like, I appreciate you. And you know what the excursion was? It was like jumping off a bridge, which I didn't do because I'm a scaredy cat. So oh, I sat man. on the bottom of the of the edge of the water on the rocks, just being like, "What is this?" Five what? hours on the road for nothing in Columbia. Uh huh. Yeah, it was rough. And not Columbia, Missouri. It was not Columbia, Missouri. I mean, it was rough. If that's how you go out. And then we missed our reservations to a very great restaurant that I had made because oh man, our, our driver stopped Thanks. to get something to eat or whatever. It was it was a rough day. But you know what? Not a pit because I was in Colombia, so it was still a peak. It was still a peak, but did not like having to make that drive. Yeah. So what's your peak for this week? So I have two peaks and two pits for this week. Oh, man. It's been a busy week. It's been a big week, guys. Oh, wow. Look at you guys. Simpatico. So my peaks, guys, are two big returns. Jack Flaherty is back with Mm -hmm. the Cardinals. Was the outing everything we wanted? No. Is he back and going to continue to get better Yes, and that's going to be big for the Redbirds, especially in the second half. And the other one, the Queen has returned, Beyonce announcing that a new album is dropping July 29th. Randy, put it in your calendar now. I'll be up late that night. She's going to... 28th, right? I'll be up late on the 28th. As soon as the clock strikes midnight, Mm -hmm. I know Randy's locked in, but it's called Renaissance. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for that. Very excited. Can I join the Beehive? Randy, you're in, of course. Thank you very much. <laughs> we we meet on Tuesdays. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'll get you in. And then my two pits, Miles Michaelis being one strike away from the no-hitter and losing it. I'm still so heartbroken for him. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. But still a great outing. And then the other one, I don't know if you guys saw this. Our buddy Learn, who works at Casey, mm-hmm. great, great person, great radio personality, 
Great follow on social media. You yeah, should follow her great. at Learn FM. She posted on her story a snake, a dead snake that was found in our parking garage in one of the parking spots. And I don't know if you know this about me, but my biggest fear on planet Earth is snakes. And it was this huge, long black snake. Oh, there's that's nothing. That's like a pet. Not for me. And I, well, I'll tell you dead, what. It's not going to hurt you. If I came out to this car mm-hmm. and there was a snake waiting for me, we would burn this place to the ground. Uh-oh. If there was ever a snake inside my house, we would have to burn it to the Michelle, ground and start over. I always tell my wife, you know, you know Missouri snakes are like totally safe. They wouldn't hurt you. They're friendly. It. There is no such thing as a friendly snake. Yeah, there is. Oh, that's yeah. There's yeah, definitely friendly the snakes. snakes. No. Yeah, there's no. definitely friendly snakes. No, absolutely not. Wait, 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 they wait. all want to wrap themselves around your ankle. Well, no, and some kill of them, you. no, some of them want to bite you or bite you. Okay. Uh, so that's a good pit. Eyes peeled, guys. When you go to the parking garage, eyes peeled. Was this on yeah. the second? Dead. Was, 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 was this on the bottom? Lo- was this it on was the, alive at one point. Was this on the <laughs> bottom level? I don't know which level. I, how is that not the first question? I can't imagine yeah. what the snake went through in this weather in St. Louis, trying to find just a nice, cool, shady place, and it's just slowly slithering along, saying, "Oh, the sun is so hot. I need to find a, I need water." And then it just suffered down there on a parking spot, and we're happy that it's dead. It's just terrible. Yes, I'm happy it's dead. I'm, I'm sorry Michelle, if that makes me t- a terrible humanitarian. Uh, I am a friend to all animals except snakes. I think it's, oh, you, yeah, you're, it's humanitarian or is it? Animaltarian? I don't know. I'm not a snakeitarian. No, you're not. So you'd be a terrible snakeitarian. I, mean, hmm? I, no, yeah. Get them all out of here as far as I'm concerned. Okay, good. Call. I know they're a part of our ecosystem and they do something. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Get them out of here. <laughs> and follow Learn on the And follow, Insta, and follow on Learn Twitter. for photos of dead snakes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Michelle, my peak was uh, actually getting out to hit the golf course in the warm weather yesterday. Nice, nice warm day in St. Louis. Uh, Brad Barnes, who used to be in the fast lane, now is on WIL, and I went out and played at Whitmore, and I was striking the ball well for 14 holes, and then I melted. And fell apart down the stretch. But I can't believe you made it 14 before you melted. Good work, Randy. Michelle, uh, so five bottles of water, two bottles of Powerade, and four giant cups of ice water. That's what you did. That's the damage. Big time, yeah. Good work. Glad you got those electrolytes in there. I did not have a single cramp last night. I felt really good. I can't believe you made it through 14 before you melted. That's very impressive. I was feeling good about my game. Wow. Yeah. But uh, so the, so that was the the peak was the first fourteen. The pit was the last four. I understand. Yeah, Matthew, what do you got for us? Peak. I got second place in an entrepreneur competition at my university. Nice, wow. congratulations. Good job. There was no monetary prize for being first loser. Is my pit? Oh mm. man, you should get a trip out of it at least. You're number one in our hearts. Yes, you are. Thanks for listening. Peak, I got a pellet grill as an early Father's Day gift. Oh, there you yeah. go, buddy. All right. Pit, my kids forgot the pellets. Ah, oh. classic kid uh, move. Ace Hardware. Ace Hardware is the place to go. They've got, uh, they're awesome. And they've got every different kind of Traeger pellet that you could imagine. So just head to, uh, and the Ace Hardware, my favorite one is the one at uh, Dorset McKelvey. Uh, the folks over there are great. You yes, can, sir. You can only send that text. You can only send that text if you if you've never forgotten the batteries for a kid's toy for their. 
present. That's why we have Walgreens. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If they, yeah, they forgot the pellets, but you can't tell me you didn't forget the batteries. It was right there on the box. Batteries not included. Come we on have, now. We, we have a giant, you know, we, we have a, a cube set up with nine cubes, cloth cubes, and one of those cubes is just loaded with batteries. We never are short, shy of batteries in the character household. Uh, we get a text from the 618, by the way. I can't believe this wasn't a peak for you uh, because we know you know it, that Drake dropped a new album at midnight. I know you're locked in on that too, Randy. The Drakester. Everybody loves the Drake. The Drakester. The Drakester. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't believe that's a cataloged nickname for, for the rapper uh, Aubrey, but uh, sure, we'll go with it. Well, Drake-ster. and the, the thing was, in Drake-ster. my defense, I was tired from the warm <laughs> golf yesterday and Drake-ster. I watched the end of the basketball game so I wasn't able to stay up and listen to the Drakester's new release, but I shall once this show concludes. I know that's on your uh, to-do list for a Friday. Yep. It's, well, that's got to be one of my Father's Day gifts, right? Kids, download the Drakester's new, new stuff. <laughs> I think you do it on your own phone. Yeah, or if I you do, have Spotify, it's just right there in your playlist. Yeah. True. This is my pick. This is an incredible joke. 314. Randy's golf game sounds a lot like Mizzou. No Final Four. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's accurate. It's well painful. done. Yeah, that was good. Pitt, my Pirates continue to be terrible against the Cardinals, mm-hmm. but Peak went to my favorite running store on Wednesday and happened to meet Pirates manager Derek Shelton's parents in town for this week's game, oh. and I was wearing a Pirates hat. Oh, that's nice. Nice. That's, that's a nice that's little good. run, and there you go. It is good, and I'm glad that uh, Derek Shelton's parents can stomach his team. Yeah. Well, why do you think they're on the road? Yeah, right. Moral support. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to deliver that. <laughs> Peak four-day weekend for Father's Day. Uh-huh. Oh, all right. You just stunned on us that he's off right now? Uh, yeah, today, tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday, maybe? Humble brag. Awoke at 545, Pit, woke at 548 this morning to power being off because of a downed tree a couple houses away. Oh, brutal. Oh, man. Not a good time to have the power down. Especially when you're on vacation. Yeah. Long weekend. Mm-hmm. When did you guys get Mother Nature's wake-up call this morning? I was at 424 when the storm woke me up. I I woke up at my usual time. I guess I did hear some thunder. I woke up and heard the rain and went, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Cooled things down a bit, though. Yes, it did, which is good. At least the Cardinals are in Boston. Pitt, Yachty is hurt and most starts as a battery could be in risk, but peak, Herrera will take the job and run for it for the next 18 years. Yeah, there you go. I like that. That's the way to look at it. 18 years? Yeah, like Yachty, Yachty did when he took it from Mike Matheny. Okay, great. Yeah. I Good love the story. positivity. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thanks for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Jay Delsing going to talk some U.S. Open with us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Michelle and Randy with you, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Jay Delsing joins us, and you'll hear golf with Jay Delsing Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN. The U.S. Open and Brookline, Massachusetts back underway, and the top five golfers are not from the U.S. Matthias Dafu is leading at five under through five holes today. Adam Hadwin of Canada is in second. Callum Terran is in third. David Lingmurth in fourth, and Rory McIlroy in fifth. Jay, I'm guessing that uh, by the time we reach Sunday that there will be an American right there in the hunt on the leaderboard. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. Good morning, guys. Yeah, I sure hope so. I, I'm a, I'm a, obviously red, white, and blue honk all the way. But, I, um, you know, that golf course at Brookline is such a quirky, 
when you talk about an old school course, you guys, most golf courses moved things, you know, that might have been in their way over at Brookline. They just kind of play over it. And, the, you know, there, so there'll be rock outcroppings right in front of you. There'll be, I don't know, probably six or eight, maybe a few more blind shots where you really are looking up at the sky, picking a tree and trying to aim at it. And so it's, uh, it's challenging. And it, 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 you got to stay out of the rough up there this week for sure. Jay, it seems like all of the headlines coming out of this tournament aren't even about the U.S. Open. It's about Liv and all of the questions that are facing the golfers who chose to go play for the Saudi-backed entity. What do you think about that being such a focal point of this tournament? You know what, Michelle? We're, 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 most of the time in golf, we keep all of this stuff in the back room, and it never hits the headline. And no one's been talking more about golf in the last 10 days because of this uh, live stuff. And I, and I don't begrudge the guys for taking the money. I mean, but let's just call it what it is. It's a massive cash grab. There's no, uh, let, let me ask you guys this. If they ran this tournament in London opposite the RBC Canadian open and the money were, were equal. So everybody was getting the same amount in, in either place. Who'd be playing in London? Nobody, nobody, nobody be playing in London. Rand. This is all about the money. I just wish the guys would say, look, I cannot believe how much money they offered me. And so I'm going. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot on the table here. The, the tour is going to probably not do well when it comes to this um, independent contractor thing legally. I, I'm just guessing. And um, But they can, you know, as an independent contractor, they do not have to hire you. If, so if, there's going to be a lot of stuff in the, uh, I'm sure, in the courts eventually. But I'm just wondering what the business plan looks like for LIV. What does this towards, um, what's it going to look like in five years? Where Are they running any charitable things, you know, similarly to the PGA Tour? Because I'm all for competition. I just haven't heard anything about the, uh, you know, a couple of components. It's really, to me, you guys, obvious that Greg Norman is, is divisive and he really just wants to stick it in the PGA Tour's ear. And, you know, he's doing it. Well, and there is clearly a belief on the part of Saudi royalty that they are going to be able to sports wash their actions. They're going to, they think that people are going to look at them as a, a relatively normal society, despite all their transgressions, if they have sports. And Jay, Michelle, and I talked about it. You know, if they really wanted to normalize themselves and get to a group where there would be no complaints, they should have bought the Denver Broncos because all those people care about is money. They don't care about uh, people's backgrounds, and they don't care about what people do, whether it's right or wrong. Uh, golf, the, the sport of honor, probably wasn't the best sport to try to buy into. I, you know what? You're absolutely right. They could have snuggled up with the NFL, and no, no problem. No one would have even even blinked at it. It's you know what's really hard for me, you guys, is to politicize this stuff because I, I, I don't know I, I like golf's kind of staying you know away from all this stuff and now we've been thrown right into it and I mean I, I know that our government does deals with Saudi Arabia I know that you know uh, the good majority of the people that bombed our towers and, and killed all these innocent Americans were born in Saudi Arabia there's a lot to unpack with this thing but when it comes to just strict competition this just seems like something that popped up. I mean, it almost seems like a member guest to me, you guys, because you're playing 54 holes. It's a shotgun start. Of the 48 
players in there. I'm in the weeds on this stuff, guys. I read and I, I you know, I hate to admit it. I love all this stuff. I didn't recognize. I only recognized like 15 or 18 players out of the 48. Phil Mickelson, your headliner, just finished 33rd. So he beat 15 people, and I couldn't tell you if these guys are pros. <laughs> I couldn't tell you if they're left-handed. I couldn't tell you anything about them. I, I'm with you, and I don't think they want or need a business plan, but they are distracting people from other things that they've done. Meanwhile, Jay, I don't think that the PGA Tour could have asked for a better face to win last week than Rory McIlroy or to win this week than Rory McIlroy. If he wins the U.S. Open, I would think the PGA Tour would be absolutely thrilled. Really, I I totally agree, Randy. And you know, the the Tour, you you, you have to remember – there's got to be some rules in order to have these leagues. So if you if you equate the PGA Tour to say MLB or to anybody else, you're, you you've got to have some rules. You just can't let everybody doing whatever they want 100 percent of the time. And the way that the the tournament at um, up at St George's finished was just fantastic. And and how about the last group be, between mm-hmm. JT and and the leaderboard with Tony Finau and things like that? I, it was it. it it couldn't have been better. This Open's going to get fun, though, you guys, because there are there's going to be some blood out on this course because that golf course is kicking people's ass already. Yeah, Phil Mickelson plus eight, Ooh, yeah. by the way, in 145th place. He probably will not make the cut. Right. And yeah. you know what? He, he doesn't deserve to. Guy hadn't been playing. He hasn't been working on it. You want to talk about a distraction. Did you guys see any of his press conferences? Yeah, yeah holy cow. Oh, my gosh, she was afraid to even speak. Yeah. Well, you know, anything he say says, Jay, is going to be examined from every which angle by all of us. So I, I don't blame him for not being a, or for being afraid to say anything. Oh, Michelle, he has gotten away with stuff for so long. Talked out of both sides of his mouth, said whatever he wants, tried to be the smartest guy in the room. Now he's like, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room and everybody's going to hold me accountable. I could be in trouble here. Yeah, life comes at you fast, Jay. Well, Jay, I love following you on Twitter and everyone should follow you at Jay Delsing. I have your bio up right here. It says, Dad, professional golfer, St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame member, former Fox Sports broadcaster. A great resume, Jay, but dad number one on the list. As we uh, celebrate great dads this week on Father's Week on Carriker and Smallman, I know that you are not only a great dad, you're a great girl dad so tell us a little bit about your kids and about being a dad oh my gosh michelle you're gonna make me start crying it's a thing that just chokes me up all the time i yeah i have four daughters and somehow or another i knew i was going to be a girl dad um i i just absolutely love it there's uh Faraday said uh to me one time he said there's an estrogen storm in your house and i said yeah and he, he said you look pretty calm in the middle of it and i said it's all i know it's, it's all I know. The girls are fantastic. I, uh, I'm a grandfather, uh, and we actually, my oldest, snuck a little boy in there. Uh, she's got a six-month-old. I have a six-month-old grandson. It's the greatest thing I've ever done, Michelle. It's, uh, I, I, don't, I appreciate you saying I'm, I'm a great dad. I think the girls would have to be the judge on that. <laughs> and, and depending on the day, you're going to get different comments. But it's so rewarding, and um, it's just so fun to, to, to raise you know, strong-minded women and watch what they're doing and, and how they're trying to affect the world to good. It's, it's, it's so cool. 
That's awesome, Jay. And you and I talked once about you being a girl dad, and uh, we actually had Chris Kerber on the show, and he was talking about how he was mastering the ponytails and the braids. And you told me I could do a ponytail, but what you were really elite at was dressing Barbies, right? Oh, my gosh. I could dress a Barbie. I didn't even have to have my eyes open. I could have my daughter sitting on my chest, and I could put high-heeled shoes on. They might not be the same color, Michelle, but I could dress a Barbie. Yeah, I, I was amazed at how they those those clothes are so small. I was like, how are we going to get this on? And yet, it, it fit all the time. That's fantastic. Hey, Jay, if anybody gets out to the range this weekend, uh, you have told me in the past, and you used this phrase last week, and I want to just uh, reinforce this again, because it's something where once you're set, once you address the ball, you don't have to think. Have your shoulders, hips, and knees stacked. It makes such a big difference if you have those all aligned straight, straight down. Randy, the minute we got you to do that on the golf course, you smashed the drive 270, 280 yards with your tight little draw. It is so important, folks, to try to figure out, um, try to take care of your errors before you swing because a huge majority of them happen because we don't get ourselves set up correctly. And finally, Father's Day, Golf with Jay Delsing. Who do you have on the show? You know, I have the great Casey Martin on the show. He's a head golf coach of the University of Oregon Ducks. He was a, a teammate of Tiger Woods. He was also born with a, a birth defect in his right leg and just recently had his leg amputated. And it, it was, it's, a, it's one of the most compelling interviews I've ever... I, I was listening to what he was saying, and it was, it was a, just, an amazing, just an amazing story. Can't wait to tune in. Jay, we always like having you on the show. Thanks so much, and have a great Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day, Randy, and thanks, Michelle. Thanks for the kind words, guys. Thank you. See you later. That's our friend Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. Take it or leave it comes your way next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 65780. Michelle, Randy, and Matthew with you. And Michelle... The USFL wraps up their season this weekend. The one and eight Michigan Panthers <laughs> we going will there. be in action. Take it or leave it. This weekend will be the last game Jeff Fisher ever coaches at the professional or Division One collegiate level. I'm going to leave that. Hmm. He's like a black cat. He has nine lives. Jeff Fisher, just when you think he's done, he's retired, he's going to be fishing. In the next phase of his life, he pops up in the USFL with a backwards hat. Who's going to hire him? Maybe, maybe someone. Somebody stupid, clearly. Will give him a job at the collegiate level. He'd be a coordinator. Who knows, Randy? But I don't, I just feel like you think he's done and then he pops up. I could see one of his, like, Eddie George was going to make him his defensive coordinator in college. Yeah, see? Like at, a, at an FCS. But I'm saying a head coach at the pro or mm. Division I uh, FBS level. Do we consider – so what about the XFL? Because I know they've already named their yeah, coaches for no this chance. upcoming season, but what about another season? I think 
Jeff Fisher is a name. He brings a little bit of attitude. I could see one of the XFL coaches getting whacked after a poor season, and they're like, let's bring in Jeff Fisher. But if if you're Dwayne, so thanks for listening, Dwayne. Yeah, appreciate you. And first of all, if you if you have a league, if you're Dwayne and you have a league, you got you can find somebody better than that. But, I mean, he's terrible. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Randy. The USFL, the XFL, they're looking for people that will be conversation starters in addition to football coaches. And we all know the 7 and 9 memes. We've seen Jeff mm-hmm. Fisher. He wears a backwards hat and he's on the big lead and awful announcing just for flipping his hat backwards. I'll tell you what. If he were ever made the coach of a USFL team, I would recommend, or a XFL team, I would recommend to those, I, I would suggest to those fans, you're going to have a losing team. Don't even bother. But it's going to be fun to watch him. It's not. It's boring. It's no, I terrible. mean as a as a personality. He doesn't have a personality. He's he's lame. Randy, wow, hating on Jeff. He Fisher. has a mustache. He does have a mustache, and they, we gave away mustaches here in St. Louis the first time and we We did. We yeah. did give away mustaches. The Fisher stash. Yeah. We all had a good time. We didn't expect much out for, of the Rams for a couple games. Well, I did. And when he became coach, I oh, did. we were hyped. We thought that was the beginning yeah. of the turn. Fair, yeah. Oh man. Okay. I'm, I have a new take it or leave it. Okay. Take it or leave it. Because I, now I'm going back back in history here. You were equally as hyped for a Rams turnaround when Jeff Fisher became the head coach as you were when they drafted Sam Bradford to be the quarterback. I'm going to leave that. You were more excited for Sam? I was more excited for Sam, yeah. I think a lot of it is optics. But the fact that he was getting flown around in a helicopter in Miami by Stephen Ross and the Mm -hmm. Dolphins wanted him so badly and he chose St. Louis, there was just a a sense of excitement and anticipation like maybe he's going to be the guy. He's he's coveted elsewhere. Now we know the Dolphins make bad decisions too. (laughs) It's not like it was the Steelers. And as it turns out. He was choosing L.A. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now we know, but it just looking back yeah, at the, the time. It was exciting then. It was exciting. Until he took Michael Brockers. It was a short-lived excitement, yeah, it was, but it yeah. was exciting. I said, I, right when he took Michael Brockers, I said, uh-oh, we got a problem. <laughs> take it or leave it. The Stedman Bailey dummy punt return was pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll take that. That was good. God, that Mountaineer. Was, that is such a good play. That, that punt return will, I'll remember that forever. That was so good. It fooled everyone in the entire stadium. Take it or leave it. We've got like four of these today. I'm kind of shocked from different people. St. Louis gets an NBA team in the next 15 years. Take it. Take, take, take. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. 15 years, though? That's a pretty large window. Since 1968, we've never had the population of the St. Louis metro area rise more than 1%. I think it's it's gone down every year except one. And Seattle and Vegas are going to get teams next. And then Nashville's going to get a team. And you're going to look out east. You're you're going to serve the the eastern seaboard. I just don't see them moving to the Midwest unless something dramatic happens with the population of the metro area. If, if there's a shift, then I could see it happening. I just know that Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal are going to be really advocating for it. Yeah, they will. Yep. Take it or leave it. Kansas City beats us to it. Leave it. Yeah, I'll leave it too. The uh, T-Mobile Center. I, I don't think they're building another arena. They built that arena to pursue an NBA or an NHL franchise. And then they, when the NHL expanded, they never had anybody apply to own a team. Seems like a miss. Yeah. It does kind of seem like a miss. That's a really good point. Take it or leave it. Jameis Winston is the NFL's comeback player of the year this year. Leave.
I know who he is. Yeah. I think I'm... And he turns it yeah. over a lot. I, I would be more inclined to think that Saquon Barkley would be comeback player of the year. But there will be other players out there that could be comeback player of the year. It, I I need to look it up. Christian McCaffrey in that conversation? Yes, absolutely. I was going to say, yeah, he's healthy and ready to go this year, right? Yep, who that's knows, a good call. but I think he's at least my, a horse that I'm going to bet on. Now, here's another one for the NFL. This Remember, it is the NFL, right? Yes. Watson. Ugh, leave. Could totally see it. He's not. He's going to be suspended. Oh, uh, that's true. Drew Locke. <laughs> doesn't have, doesn't have to be comeback what's he, player. What's he year? coming back from? Be most oh, yeah. improved player. If yeah. He has a big year. Just I'm not. I'm not knocking. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Oh, you know who else? Yeah. Um, either of the running backs in Baltimore, either Dobbins or mm. Gus Edwards. There, there will be people that will be ahead of the initial posters idea. Jameis Winston. I was going to say, if I mean, if Jameis Winston has a huge year, I think Michael Thomas would then by mm-hmm. proxy have a big year, and I think sure. Michael Thomas would then be more live for comeback player of the year just by good point, just by the yeah, right? just by that. Um, I just am th- never going to bet on Jameis Winston <laughs> to have a big year. It's hard to do. I, I mean, he he has as many turnovers as he does touchdowns. I'm not going to bet on him to have a comeback player of the year type year. Sorry, I just can't do it. Take it or leave it. Army is going to be busy come draft day, and there will be there will be moves made. He brings back Perron and Letty at least. I'll take that for fun. I'll take it too, because I I know that there's. I mean, Perron's a done deal, right? As yeah. far as we're concerned here on Character and Smallman, and they said in their exit interviews that they really like Nick Letty and that both sides are open to that conversation. And I think Nick Letty understands that this is a good place to be mm-hmm. and a place where he can really have a chance at winning. So I imagine that they could come together and compromise. And my guess would be that on this particular draft day, that the, the business, uh, when you talk about Army being busy, he'll be using his choices. I don't think the Blues are going to be moving assets. They can't afford financially to move draft choices for expensive assets. And eventually, you need people to plug in. When David Braun is done, when O'Reilly's gone, when Tarasenko's gone, when these veterans are gone, you're going to need young, inexpensive players to plug in. And I think the Blues are still in that mode. A.K.A. Jake Neighbors stepping into potentially top 9, 12 this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's important. Take it or leave it, there's absolutely no good reason that Jim Bottomley doesn't have a statue in front of Bush or even his number retired. First championship team, NL MVP, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame member. What's he look like? Tell me, tell me what he looks like, and then I'll, uh, I'll, that I'll is take it. Such an amazing response! Oh my God, the <laughs> shade and the accuracy. <laughs> what is with the Texers demanding numbers get retired, <laughs> statues be erected? Yeah. This has like been it. a theme this week. I like week. it better than trade talk, honestly. Yeah. I like I, by the better. way, I'm leaving it. I'm gonna leave it too. But great resume. Oh, terrific! Yeah. What's? I just think about all the statues that are to come. Mm-hmm. Wayno, Yadi. Yeah, Albert right. probably. Right. I would imagine yeah. that. I just think we're going to have a very cluttered walkway outside of Bush. You know what would be fun though is to have a Bottomley statue with him making a long athletic stretch at first base. <laughs> so, so what's the statue count at, at right now? How many? Who, who's who's in statue out, out in front of seven? Bush right now? Seven. Lou, yeah, that's, Ozzy, that's Dizzy, Stan. Stan, of course, um, Gibson. Mm-hmm. That's five. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think about Jim Bottomley. At the same in, in the same missing? way, I'm just I, I'm, no, I'm just you know no no I don't either. Slaughter? No hatred. Is he just out there? I don't know. Hornsby. 
is. So anyway, there's there's it's just, a lot. It's just it's just not to that level. You we'll don't put it in the five to seven range until we can get uh, research on that. Yeah, <laughs> take it or leave it. The Cardinals are a sneaky team to contend for a World Series. I'm gonna Sing leave it because they're not even sneaky. That's oh. a good point. They're gonna win their division. Yeah, you're right. So you're automatically in the conversation. Counterpoint: Their division is the NL Central. Doesn't matter. They're the Cardinals, and they're gonna be in the they're gonna be in the conversation. That's true. No doubt about it. Take it or leave it. Edmund wins another gold glove before Bader does. Leave it. Because they're both going to win them at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with People you. People have a weird thing about Bader's defense. And I think it would be not just and not just not just before the, oh, the wow. Michaelis thing. There's people like I think there's fair criticisms. He's not perfect, but like people actually not thinking he's a good defender is a thing that I see and I don't know why. There's eleven statues outside of Bush. Okay. I just Googled 11? it. Ted Simmons, they, they Oh yeah, the new Ted Simmons, right? Yeah, I, I'm looking up with the names, but quick Google says there's eleven statues outside of Bush. Do we have the list? I'm getting it now. Okay, good. Because I want to know. Who we're missing? I don't think Boyer. It's, it's all Hall of Famers. Well, okay, I, here we go. Okay, got it. So Ted Simmons. Got it. Um, other statues include Stan Musial, mm-hmm. Rogers Hornsby, mm-hmm. George Sisler. Oh yeah. Uh, James Cool Papa Bell. Great. Dizzy Dean, mm-hmm. Enos Slaughter, Red Chain Deans. Oh, the redhead. Yep. Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, and of course the broadcaster Jack Buck. Oh yeah, that. The, but that's not with the. The group of statues outside the team no, store that's down the... But it's still a statue outside yeah, of Bush. Is, right, yeah. Okay, great. So 11. Okay. And like Michelle said, you've got three more at least on the way. And so... Just don't you think Wayne Onyadi will be one together? Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, like a bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Wayne throwing Uncle Charlie to Yachty. Yeah. Yeah, so there's battery. only so much space outside there. So sorry, Sonny Jim. Love you, but... <laughs> No, I'm going to leave it. Uh, thank you, Matthew. I like that you pulled out the uh, nickname there. Thank you. And by the way, we're going to need some room for future Cardinal Hall of Famer Brendan right. Donovan. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, he's And Jordan good. Walker, who's clearly going to be the next Albert Pujols. Come on, Michelle. And again, if Har- Everybody Har- knows Har- now. Everybody knows. It's J-Dub. Oh, jeez. I thought you were going to say he's not going to be the next Albert and not get a statue. Oh, no, he's going to get a statue. He's going to get a nickname. Well, then we... If he's going to be a dude that has a statue, we need a better nickname than J-Dub. Yeah, doesn't get any better than that. Albert's nickname was the Mang or the Machine. I mean, very good. You know, Yachty doesn't have a nickname other than Yachty, which is kind of surprising. For someone who's as iconic as he is. True. But that's actually, that's a better point, is that just like Madonna or Beyonce, he's so iconic, he's a one-name guy. One-name guy. Just Yachty. Yep. Did you see, by the way, or hear, that Julia Garner took the role of Madonna in the movie and Madonna's going to direct it? I did see that. And Julia Garner is an unbelievable actress, and I think she's yep. going to make a fabulous Madonna. She'll nail it. Material girl. Yeah, looking forward to it. Are, we, are you a Madonna fan? I know you oh, sang, yeah. uh, what was the song you sang on the air one time when you spun the wheel? Uh, did I do Like a Virgin? <laughs> you did do Touched Like a Virgin. for the very first time. Like a virgin. Yeah. I Papa, don't preach. <laughs> I'm in trouble deep. Papa, don't preach. I know them all. What's your favorite Ma- Madonna Holiday. Because it's about Matt. <laughs> or is it about Tom, who's going to join us at 9 a.m.? Good question. <laughs> really good question. We'll have to ask him. How did the Cardinals handle their pitching during the course of this seven-game road trip? That's next on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Character and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnucks. Download the Schnucks Rewards app today. The Cardinals start a seven-game homestand. They've got three in Boston, four in Milwaukee. Michelle, I think yesterday's off day really sets up well for Cardinal pitching, and they will need to get some good work out of their bullpen over Mm -hmm. the course of the next seven days. But you've got Wayno going tonight. Ordinarily, you expect Wayno to give you innings and preserve the bullpen a little bit. And then you'll have Dakota Hudson going in tomorrow's game. And he's giving you seven innings in each of his last three outings, so you hope that he can give you five or six. And then Zach Thompson again. And then what I would do, Michelle, is because you had the off day yesterday, I would come back with Flaherty and before Michaelis. And you would go Thompson, not Palante? I would. I, I think because of the number of pitches Palante threw two nights ago, I think bringing him back earlier, essentially on three days rest, would be a disservice to him. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just... Keep doing what I've. In fact, I would think about bringing Libertor up. But here's what I want to have in, uh, in Milwaukee. So I've got Wayno, Hudson, Thompson. So I go to Milwaukee. I'm going to go Flaherty, Palante, Michaelis, mm. and then Wainwright. Even I understand that you're wanting to give Miles Michaelis as much time to rest and recharge mm-hmm. as possible. He. Went the went the distance. I mean, he, he was one strike away before he he left the game, but. I also am concerned about Jack Flaherty getting enough rest, and I'm concerned about him feeling great in his next start, and his recovery is important to me, too. So I might keep it Michaelis first, Flaherty second See, in that, in that series. I, the reason that I don't want to do that is because traditionally, if you bring a guy back on five or six days rest after he throws that many pitches, he gets hurt. It just, it happens. Flaherty's building up. Flaherty has gone from 30 to 45 to 60. His next start should be 75. And he's going to have an extra day of rest because of the off day, too. But I want to give Michaelis multiple days off simply because it's something that he just doesn't do. The Cardinals are so reticent to allow a pitcher to even throw more than 100 pitches. So when you're getting up towards 130... And you're just not used to it. And he was gassed at the end of that yeah. one hitter. Oh, he definitely was. So I, I just I want to be as careful with him, especially since he's been hurt. He missed the better part of two years. I, I don't want to mess around with that arm. Great point. Now, does the opposition, because you are playing the Brewers, mm-hmm. you're two games ahead of them in the division right now, um, does who the Brewers who they plan on throwing calculate into who you want out there for the Cardinals? Because I looked it up, and right now it seems like Corbin Burns is going to be the guy for that first game. Yeah, that doesn't make any difference to me. Because whoever my pitcher is, and for that first game, I've got Zach Thompson. I think that my pitching can get their offense out. Their offense is not great in Milwaukee. So I, I would hope that I could go head to head with them. And by the way, that would be, I'm sorry, that'd be Flaherty in game one that I would have against. So Flaherty and yeah. Burns would not yeah. be bad at all. That's right. You would have Flaherty and Burns. And yeah. then Michaelis and I think Ashby's next yeah. for the Brewers. So, yeah, I could. I could and, and 
as long as I get Michaelis against... And by the way, I was talking to Danny Mack, and he said he would just skip Michaelis completely. And I said, i got to have him pitching against Milwaukee. But I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility for the Cardinals just to skip him completely and give him 10 days off. Would 11. You, would you consider having him go, but on a pitch count? You're only going to have him go out there for so long? No. Michaelis you don't want to exhaust him? No, he, he's, he's a horse. Yes, he is. So, which is why I think he's going to be fine if he goes yeah, game one I, or two versus yeah. the Brewers. The thing is, I don't, I don't want to bring him up back on five days rest after throwing 130. That's my only concern about the guy. But we'll see what the Cardinals' approach is. But it's nice to know that they don't have to start a Packy Naughton in, in this scenario. That he, they don't have to start openers. They're done with double headers, and they'll be able to put together a rotation now that you can be reasonably confident will give you six or seven innings on a regular basis. You feel like Hudson's going to do that. I do at least. I feel like Wayno's going to do that. I feel like Michaelis is going to do that. And eventually, I, I think that Flaherty is going to get to a point where he gives the Cardinal, he gets the Cardinals into the sixth inning on a regular basis, which is kind of the standard now in Major League Baseball. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up next on 101 ESPN. It's Dad's Week here on Character and Smallman, and we're going to talk to Matthew Rocchio's dad, Dave, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a celebration for all sports fans and especially dads. Are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? Anything for you, Dad. I'm here with my dad, and he wants me to sing him a song. So I'm here now, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. That's weird. 101 ESPN is celebrating your dad and what dads mean to sports. You hear the name and voice of Matthew Rocchio throughout the week. He's our producer engineer here on Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And we welcome Matthew's dad, Dave, to the program. Dave, thanks for taking some time with us this morning. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you sharing your son with us. Well, thank you, Randy. Thank you for having me on. Well, I want to start with this because Michelle and I have referenced this a lot. Whenever Matthew gets here in the morning, he's smiling, he's happy, he's optimistic. Is that the kind of kid he was when he was a a baby? Was he the smiley, happy baby? Oh, yes. Totally, totally. He was always smiling, always laughing, always a very happy child. Dave, did Matt always have a love for sports? You know, he comes in, he's so passionate about what he does. Did you always expect him to do something in sports? Well, we... Yeah, I mean, we were a sports we're a sports family. I mean, I married. I was lucky enough to marry a, a woman who loves sports. So we we've always been a sports family. Always been to going to baseball games and listening to baseball and football and all the other sports. So it, you know, it's kind of all my kids grew up with that. What did you think when you heard from Matthew that he wanted to get involved in sports broadcasting? I kind of thought he was a little crazy. <laughs> you weren't wrong, Dave. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, just because of listening to sports radio and that, and, you know, guys, some guys come, you know, they'll off the cuff complain about, you know, uh, the hours or, or, you know, that type of thing. And, and so I thought he was kind of nuts about it, but uh, about doing it. But, um, you know, he, um, when he said that he wanted to do it, you know, we were like, hey, you know, 
we've always told our kids, hey, whatever you want to do, go for it and go for it 100%. And that's one thing about Matthew. And I tell my kids, and Dave, you and I are about the same age. Our, our, our sons are roughly the same age. And work ethic in this day and age sets people apart. And Matthew, from day one, we knew that he had a tremendous work ethic. And I know that's got to be something you're very proud of. Oh, very, very proud. Very, very proud. Um, he just, you know, once he decided to do it, you know, in college, he, you know, I when um, we went down to interim in college down at Mizzou, and, you know, you go over here and you, to the department where you talk about, talk to them about work-study programs to make a little bit of money. And uh, they said, hey, there's an opening in on the radio station. And he, we pretty much, he pretty much jumped on that. So, you know, he started out doing radio at Mizzou and just has never stopped. Dave, what's one way that you and Matt are alike and one way that you're different? Um, wow. <laughs> uh, I think the as far as the like, I just, you know, our love of sports. Um, as far as different, he's... Um, that's a tough one. As far as different, he, uh, I'm really kind of a quiet person and he's very, you know, he's become very boisterous and very talkative and he, you know, he'll, he'll debate anything with anybody. <laughs> you know, what's funny, Dave, is I asked him that before the show and he gave the exact same answer. <laughs> oh, <God>. wow. <laughs> so you guys are more alike than, than you put on, but that he said the same thing that he's more talkative than you are. I, I would say the, the, uh, the other thing that I, I really think I got from my dad and, and, and I think he got this from his dad as well. is just, you know, going out in the world every day and just trying to, make sure everyone you pass is their day's just a little bit better just like just like you know be, being kind you know just just trying to make sure everybody you come across is just a little bit better off in life and i think i got that from my dad and again i think he got it from his dad as well and again i do it in a much more loud uh talkative <laughs> uh sometimes combative way he, uh, you would say but i think that's the, the thing where we're most alike and, and that's kind of emanated down the generations i think yeah my, my dad loved everybody so you know he kind of instill that in us and I try to instill that in my kids. Well, there's no doubt that you have with Matthew. So you can tell him right now, uh, tell the entire public St. Louis metro area, what do you want for Father's Day? (laughs) (laughs) Um, For Father's Day, how about some golf lessons? Okay, good. Yeah, he actually just took a golf swing right there, so (laughs) maybe that'll happen. Dave, thanks so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Have a happy Father's Day again. Thank you for sharing your son with us. We love him. Well, thank you, Randy. Thank you, Michelle, and thanks for having me on. Happy Father's Day to you, too, Randy. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Pops. Happy Father's Day. All right, thanks. So uh, there there you go. Thanks, Pops. Okay, uh, so now that the phone has been hung up and Dave Rocchio is working, is uh, are the golf lessons going to happen? Or uh... yeah, me and my brother are going to make that happen. Okay, good. You know what? I know a guy. Yeah, we. I think we. I, was gonna yeah. say, we, I, I think, think we I can help people. you with that. Yeah, Family Golf and Learning people. Center Family is the place learning. to go. Mm-hmm. So we can make that happen, Matt. Don't you worry about it. That's We're absolutely going to make it happen. To happen. Hey, we've got so much cool stuff happening here at 101 ESPN, including the fact that you can get Dead and Company tickets. 101 ESPN is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Dead and Company on Tuesday, June 21st at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets for the show are on sale now. Find a bonus chance to win free tickets for Dead and Company right now at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. 
And you'll have the opportunity towards the end of the show. Just stay tuned, and we're going to ask a question about today's show, and you'll have the opportunity to win Dead & Company tickets towards the end of today's program. Coming up next, another show dad, and that's Tony Smallman, is going to participate in the fight against me here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. It's 8.33 in San Luis. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's that time of the show. It's time for the fight. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a big one. We have had a lot of big-time guests on this show. We've talked to a lot of all-time great athletes. We've talked to celebrities. We have never spoken to a bigger or more important guest as far as I'm concerned on these airwaves. Competing for the fight today is the greatest dad of all time. Undisputed. It's my dad, Tony Smallman, joining us on 101 ESPN. What's up, Dad? How are you? Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. Okay, Dad, this is a tough task, but are you ready to compete against Randy, also known as Megamind, in the fight? Well, this is the third time I've faced him, and I've been three of four both times, and he swept me both (laughs) times. So I've been using all my uh, internet powers to put a mojo on him this morning. I, I might it. be the first guy to ever put a mojo on him, so we'll see if it works. Okay, Dad. Well, I'm going to be sending some mojo your way as well, so let's see if collectively we can get it done. All right, here we go. Question number one for my dad, Tony Smallman. Across his career, what catcher has caught more innings from Adam Wainwright than than everyone except for Yadier Molina? Is it Gary Bennett, Jason LaRue, or Tony Cruz? I think it's LaRue. All right. Which quarterback from the famed 86 draft finished their career with the most first-team AP All-Pro selections? Was that Dan Marino, John Elway, or Jim Kelly? Uh, if it's if it's got Marino in the answer, it's got to be Marino. <laughs> My dad loves Dan Marino. Question number three, Dad. How many years did Dan Marino lead the league in touchdown passes? Is it three, four, or five? I'm going to say five. Only five NBA teams have won more than four championships. The Celtics, Bulls, Lakers, Warriors, and what other team? Is that the Detroit Pistons, the San Antonio Spurs, or the Houston Rockets? San Antonio Spurs. Checking our score here. All right. Waving in Randy. Here we go. Dad confidence check. How do you feel? Not good. <laughs> we did We did have some Dan the man questions in there for you, though, Dad. I know that that's kind of your wheelhouse. Randy, as you get your headset on, you know my dad. Please say good morning to Tony Smallman. Tony Smallman, good morning. How are you? It's good to talk to you, Randy. Happy Father's Day to you. And the same to you. And uh, obviously, Michelle and I have worked together for a long, long time, and we are are great friends. And I love having Michelle as a co-host in the mornings here. And uh, I know that how proud you are of her. And we're just we're we're thrilled that she's here. 
Yeah, thanks for saying that, Randy. Okay, Megamind, you ready? Ready. Question number one. Across his career, what catcher has caught more innings from Adam Wainwright than everyone except for Yadier Molina? Um, Did we ask Adam about this or did somebody else? I'm going to guess that it was Tony Cruz. I think that Yadi got hurt. And I think Tony Cruz had a bunch of games where he caught Yadi. So I'm going to go with that. Or which, caught Adam Witt, rather. Sorry. <laughs> we which, know what you meant. Which QB from that famed 86 draft finished their career with the most first-team AP All-Pro selections? Okay, not Tony Eason. Not Plot, Todd Blackledge. What? Nope. Oh, wow. Not uh, Steve Grogan. Or not Steve Grogan. It was Eason, Blackledge, Ken O'Brien. Those were the three that didn't matter. Sorry, guys, you don't. Except Todd Blackledge did well on NBC or on ESPN, but otherwise, it's quarterbacks. So you, we, we've got Kelly, we've got Elway, we've got Dan Marino, first team All Pro. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the guy that went to the Super Bowls. I think it's hard to bet against Marino here, but John Elway was pretty good too. He went to Super Bowls too. I was going to say, which, which guy went to Super Bowls? Right. Yeah, well, Kelly went to four That's and right. Elway went to five. five. Three pretty tough choices here. Yeah, it is. But I think I'll, uh, I guess I'll go Dan Marino simply because Tony Smallman is the <laughs> the opponent today. Pretty, pretty good way to deduce the answer, Randy. And by the way, how dare you say that University of Illinois legend Tony Easton doesn't matter? <laughs> Well, he mattered at Illinois, clearly. but <laughs> Not in that draft. I, I saw him play in a Super Bowl. His team lost 40, 40, 46 to 10. I saw him play in a Super Bowl, though. Nice. Randy, how many years did Dan Marino lead the league in touchdown passes? Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to say Three. Only five NBA teams have won more than four championships. The Celtics, Bulls, Lakers, Warriors, and what other team? Spurs. He's the greatest dad of all time, but is he great at trivia? I don't know. <laughs> Matt, ring the bell. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Brought to you by High and Dry Foundation Repair, home of the non-commission based sales force and hassle-free warranty. Just win, baby. I am the oh, come on, you can't stunt on my dad. Dad, love you to death, but Randy Beach afforded too. He got the jack. I'm so sorry. I even tried to rig it for you, but this is Randy we're talking about. Okay, let's run through our answers here. So the catcher that has caught more innings from Adam Wainwright, other than Yachty or Molina, is Tony Cruz. So Adam and Yachty together, 2,086.2 innings. That Yachty has caught from Adam. Tony Cruz, 109. (laughs) 109. (laughs) The quarterback from the famed 86 draft that finished their career with the most first team all AP pro selections is, in fact, Dan the Man Marino, three times. 
Dan Marino led the league in touchdown passes three times, 84, 85, and 86. And only five NBA teams have won more than four championships, the Celtics, Bulls, Lakers, Warriors, and the Spurs. Uh, Tony Smallman, first of all, thank you very much for doing this. Second of all, best of luck in the little-known fifth major, the Smallman Open this weekend. Thank you. We're we're going to bring the trophy back home, as Michelle said. We uh, we had a little bit of a ringer last year. Uh, wasn't <laughs> technically in the family. Doesn't seem fair. We gave him a pass. Yeah, that's right. And uh, but now he is uh, he is engaged, so I guess he's probably legit this <laughs> okay. year. And then I asked uh, Matthew Rocchio's father what he wanted. Michelle consistently tells me that whatever you want, you're kind of like me. You just go get it. So what do you want for Father's Day from Michelle? Inquiring minds want to know, Dad. <laughs> Well, I don't want her spending any money on anything for that reason, but uh, golf balls and bourbon are never bad. <laughs> there you go. I, and what kind of golf balls? Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a Callaway guy. I love Callaway I golf like balls. Callaway balls. Those Callaway Chrome Softs are great. Yeah, they are. So, okay, Michelle, we've given you an idea. Awesome. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, Dad, just want to take the opportunity to tell you how much I love you. Thank you so much for being the greatest dad and always supporting me. And happy Father's Day. Well, thank you. And uh, same to all the other fathers out in the St. Louis area. Thank you for having me. All right, Tony, thank you. Have a have a great Father's Day and uh, go get them in the Smallman Open. And uh, we appreciate Tony Smallman joining us for the fight. And I, I apologize to Tony and to Michelle. That you dunked on him, Randy? Well, no, just that I won. Oh, no, that's okay. My okay. dad would want you to bring your A game. He would want to beat you fair and square. He's a man of integrity. Yeah, totally he is. But you dunked on him. I didn't I didn't pull out all the uh, artillery here. That's true. Normally you get about seven in there and you only had three on my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, I'm Randy. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk to one of our favorite people, not just one of our favorite athletes, one of our favorite people, former St. Louis Ram, Chris Long, is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We hear all week from fathers, also from athletes talking about their dads and how they father their kids. So how do you instill work ethic in your kids? You know, fortunately, I had your mom and, you know, you had your mom. And fortunately for you guys and for you, you have Meg, who's just a stud. Uh, She's great. And she's she's just a great mom. And, you know, you never know how you're going to be as a dad or you're going to be as a mom. And it's just to watch you two. And the way you raise those boys is is just heartwarming for me. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, that is Chris Long and Howie Long on the Green Light Pod, the former St. Louis Ram, but always a St. Louisan, always a friend to Michelle and Randy and a friend of the show and a friend of St. Louis. Chris Long joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Christopher, it's always great to have you with us. Happy Father's Day weekend. How are you doing? What's up, man? Happy Father's Day weekend, and happy Father's Day to dads out there. What's going on? Nothing, Chris. We're so excited to chat with you. First things first, I want to talk about you as a dad before we get into your dad and growing up, because I love following you on social media. I love watching your boys grow up. They are so cute. But Dan McLaughlin, the voice of the Cardinals, uh, used to join us on Thursdays and Fridays in studio. And he has four kids, and he just kind of described his life as a gong show. You wake up, you hit the gong, and, and you go. And when I see your boys, it seems like they have a lot of energy and that it's kind of a gong show at your house, too. Is that a fair assessment? 
Yeah, they do. Actually, this morning I was um, I had an opportunity to sleep in, which was really nice. I had to work late, the whole thing. Uh, and then, of course, at 7.15 in the morning, uh, my boys are just having none of that. I got my three-year-old climbing on my shoulders. My other guy's asking if we can play Switch. It's 8 in the morning, dude. We don't play Switch at 8 in the morning. You know, it's nonstop. And then, like, the pandemic made a lot of people work from home, right? And I think that's a really illuminating uh, experience, you know, trying to work in the same house that your kids are holed up in. So we've gotten to know each other real well. You know, I feel like this this generation of dad knows their kid pretty well. They've spent a couple years at home with them. So do they run around and yell, anarchy, anarchy? <laughs> it's a lot like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they know who's boss, man. I got a pretty good grip on this place, but, you know, I'm the fun, da- you know, I'm the fun guy, you know, actually, uh, my wife Meg's more the, uh, more the, uh, you know, the, the rules person. Oh, she's the disciplinarian, huh? Yeah. But you know, like I can come out of the bullpen when I come out of the bullpen, like, you know, when I speak, they listen, but you know, I leave the all day discipline mostly to her, like the, you know, the, the rules, the details. So you get to have fun with the boys. What's the most fun that you have with them? Honestly, um, I took my son Waylon uh, tubing last week on the river for the first time. Um, and he had just an absolute blast. And it's one of those things where, you know, your favorite activity that you pray your kids like, that was you know, hitting the river for me and for Waylon, who's six to be able to get in a tube with me, uh, and really enjoy it, you know, and, uh, and just laugh the whole time. I felt like I was like, okay, now I got that friend that I can go anywhere with. And I think that's a pretty cool moment when, when your kid starts growing up a little bit and he kind of becomes your buddy. So I think like just the last couple of weeks I had, I had one of those. And then Actually, when we get off, I'm I'm sneaking off with my six year old and the three year old is going to go hang out uh, with with his grandparents. So um, yeah, I'm going to do that again today. So a lot of fun. And it looks, by the way, and I'm looking at the photo on Instagram right now with you three in the river, just standing there, and everybody's laughing and smiling. <laughs> it it looks like it doesn't get any better, Chris. It does not get any better. You know, we live uh, in a place where there's a lot of beautiful places to go. And so we try to be outside as much as we can, and um, that's where we probably have the most fun. But we have fun playing Mario Kart, too. I mean, and uh, it's competitive as, as hell, and, um, you know, I, I do not let my six-year-old win at stuff. <laughs> that's good, Chris. That instills uh, a reality in him. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Life is going to come at him. He needs to understand this. Give me a scouting <laughs> report of Howie Long as a grandpa. He's too easy. He's too easy on him. Yeah, like no defense. Like a secondary shot. You know, the the linebackers are slow and uh the D line is is undersized. Like he's just the kids run all, run all over him. I you know, we send our, we send our kids to my parents' house cuz they're like 5 minutes away, which is awesome. Um and they come back, and I'm like, hey, like, go to your room or go grab this or do that. And they're just like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me? 
I'm like, you've been hanging out with uh, with with Papa a little too a little too long. <laughs> Chris Long is with us on 101 ESPN. Hey, Chris, I read a story one time, and I hope I didn't. I'm not imagining this. That your parents searched for the best city to raise you guys. Is that correct? That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, so when my dad uh, retired, because my dad's from, um, you know, Charlestown, uh, like south of Boston, which is really nice now. But like when he was growing up, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a place that he was like, when I get money, I'm coming back, you know. Um, and when he made his money with the Raiders, he retired. I was about, you know, eight and we were living in Southern California. And for him, he was just like, I don't want to raise kids here. It's just too hectic. There's a lot going on. And, um, wanted to move back East. We looked a couple of places and it kind of came down to like North Carolina, like Cape Cod, which no offense to Cape Cod. I'm really glad we didn't move to Cape Cod. Uh, and then Virginia, like, uh, rural Virginia. So I guess my pops had come here for like a golf tournament or something and loved it. So, uh, that's how we ended up here. We used to have the late, great Chris Duncan on our airwaves, Chris, and he would tell these epic stories about how he and his brother, Shelly, used to get into all sorts of trouble growing up. They lived on a golf course, and they used to put needles around the golf holes, so guys were trying to make shots, and they, they couldn't get them in, and they didn't know how, and they were always getting into some <laughs> sort of trouble. And I have to imagine that the Long Brothers got into some mischief growing up. You, Kyle, and Howie, I'm sure had some fun. Tell me a story about when you guys were doing something mischievous, and you made your dad mad oh, by the way chris was a legend uh and then uh you know like seemed like an amazing guy and then uh with with us as kids uh it was non-stop i mean like it was constant <laughs> and and honestly as a player my dad god bless him like any dad who's playing in the nfl and also raising kids like i we we waited a while on purpose like we waited until you know, I'm 30, 31 years old to have our first son, Waylon, because I know what my dad went through. Like your patience is not like much when you come home from a two a day or from like, you know, a film session after a loss. So I appreciate that my dad was so good at what he did as a dad and having to juggle that in his career. Um, the time, the energy, it, it's not easy. Uh, and like a lot of dads out there, you work your ass off, you come home, you're you're impatient. Uh, but my dad was very patient. Um, you know, like my, my brother, I can remember a time where I saved up like $50 in my piggy bank over a, a court. Well, not a piggy bank. I'm like a teenager. I'm like a 12 year old. I got like 50 bucks. I'm on top of the world. I saved it up over, you know, a couple holidays or whatever. And it went missing. And, uh, you know, people are getting questioned in the house. My dad's questioning people. I'm questioning people. Um, come to find out my brother stole my money, put it in a bucket and buried it three feet underground in the backyard. <laughs> so, uh, that was kind of like the way things went. I'm the oldest of three. Uh, you know, my, my brothers are four and five years younger than me. And so they were just constantly on my ass. <laughs> and it was stuff like that, that honestly, my dad almost felt bad for me. It was almost like I was getting picked on because they teamed up on me. So did you offer any retribution? Was there a, yeah. a return for them stealing your money and burying it? Was, did you get back at it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I built, now Kyle works for me. So um, <laughs> Kyle's actually just, just coming to work with Greenlight this fall. 
So now I get like a little bit of discounted labor. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely vindictive. <laughs> well, speaking of green light, Chris, you're an amazing podcaster. We love listening to you on the, the green light podcast. Tell everybody what's going on there and how they can find it. Um, yeah, green light's been, been rolling. We, uh, we have a lot of fun guests, um, and you can find it on Spotify and Apple, um, podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Listen, I, I also want to say this, uh, boys, boys are rough and tumble, man. We had about a hundred something stitches between the three of us. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's the other, that's the dark side of being brothers. Like the, the funny stuff, like the, the bucket and that sort of thing, it just popped into my head. Uh, there were just so many, like my, my youngest brother, Howie threw a picture frame at my, uh, at my older brother or my middle brother, Kyle, cause he's like a foot taller than him. They were, in the, they would come home from school all the time for getting into fights. Um, I was just the good, the good kid guys, but I just wanted to point that out. Like it's not all, uh, feel good stories with three boys. <laughs> and, and by the way. You are sons of an NFL player, and you and Kyle both wind up in the NFL. Do you want your sons to play football? I, you know, they can do whatever they want, and eventually I think we'll understand the risks even more precisely and the solutions more precisely. We're not there. I think we're the last generation that's kind of, you know, just kind of rolling the ball out there a little bit. We know it's bad, um, bad for your health and that sort of thing. It's never going to be safe. I would say, I would say, wait as long as you can. Like, I'm not going to let them play like pee wee football. Like, I don't need them running around with a helmet the size of their shoulder pads. Um, that just looks like you're not building any good habits and uh, nothing against youth football, but um, you're, you're also risking, you know, concussions and, and that sort of thing at a young age. Like, I would wait until they're like in middle school to let them start playing at least, and then you know we'll see. Last thing for me, Chris, when you look at Waylon and Luke, what do you see in them that reminds you of yourself? Oh, my goodness. Um, Luke never stops. Like, he just never stops. He just, he cannot sit still, and that's me. Um, And then Waylon is just the most stubborn human being on the planet, and that's his mom. Uh, but no, it's also me. Uh, uh, so, you know, like Waylon looks just like me. Luke just looks just like his mom. And, um, and Waylon like me is, is definitely hard headed and, and likes to, likes to do things his way. Uh, and, and that's okay. But, uh, he's, he's, it's funny cause you kind of look at yourself and you want to be like, dude, you got a long road ahead. You'll be like <laughs> well, we have known for a long time that you're a great guy and we knew that you'd be and are a great dad. And we wish you a really happy father's day, Chris. It's always good to, to talk to you and catch up. Thanks a lot, Randy. And thank you. Great hearing from you, Michelle. Thanks Chris. Happy father's day. Yep, We'll see you soon. That's the great Chris Long on 101 ESPN. Coming up, another dad with accomplished sons, Tom Holliday, whose sons Matt and Josh are in the dugout at Oklahoma State. He's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We hear all week from fathers, also from athletes talking about their dads and how they father their kids. Okay. The key to being a good dad, look, sometimes things work out just the way you want. Sometimes they don't. You gotta hang in there. Because when all is said and done, 90% of being a dad is just showing up. 
It's a celebration for all sports fans, especially dads. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. And one of the favorite people in St. Louis is new Cardinal Hall of Famer Matt Holliday. He will be inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame in August. And Matt's dad, Tom, one of the most prolific college and amateur coaches ever, joins us now on 101 ESPN via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Tom Holliday, it's always great to have you with us during Dad's Week here on 101 ESPN. How are you doing this morning? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm sitting up here in Cape Cod. Windy, rainy, uh, cold. How about that? <laughs> hey, how good is that uh, Cape Cod League? You're managing now in the in the Cape Cod League. How good are the players up there? Well, you know, last night um, we played our fourth game, and the first three guys in the batting order for the team that we played have a chance to be first-round draft choices next year. And, you know, you look at it, and – Every night, uh, you know, you play against, you know, two, three, four guys that uh, that could be big leaguers and and normally are, you know, but you just uh, right now you just have to look at them and say, well, they're sophomores in college, you know, and and so, uh, I you know you you see all the scouts in the world up here to try to evaluate them, and, and they're already building for the next draft instead of this draft. And uh, kind of keeps you on your toes, kind of makes you feel, you know, a little bit important. Well, Tom, speaking of somebody that's going to be a big leaguer, I want to talk to you about your grandson, Jackson Holiday, who is making headlines all over the place for his abilities. When did you first see it in Jackson that he was going to love baseball just as much as you and Matt? All right, I'm going to... Let me give you a memory. We were in a living room. I'm going to say he was two years old. And we had a fish tank. And we were living in Austin, Texas. That's when I was working for the University of Texas. And, uh, you know, Matt and Leslie would go to dinner. And they dropped Jackson off, so... He was so easy. As long as we had a ball and a bat, <laughs> he would watch a highlight film that we had from the year before when we won the national championship. He'd watch it, sit there, I mean, completely dead still, not not moving. And then we'd jump up when it would be over, get his bat and I would flip him little little golf ball wiffle balls and he'd hit him and he would run around the living room like he was running the bases <laughs> wow and it was it wasn't so much that he would hit it it would be like he would run the bases and they weren't there and then he would just jump up like after he touched home plate, like home run, <laughs> wow. home run. And then he put his hands in the air and he'd say, "Go horns." <laughs> That's and, great. I mean, two years old. But the biggest thing he ever did was he hit one one night and it went right in the fish tank, and he said, "Grand slam." Oh. <laughs> and. Seems like 
yesterday. Oh, it's a, it, that's a great story. And how cool is it now to have had sons that were drafted in Major League Baseball, and obviously Matt had the incredible career that he had. And now have him here at the age of 18, ready to be maybe the first pick in the draft. Yeah, I know. I mean, to say that he paid the price to be that good, um, he's paid the price. And, you know, Matt's been done playing for, I don't even know, guys, what, three years now? I can't even remember if yep, it was that's three right. or four years. That's what it takes to get into the Cardinal Hall of Fame. You have to be out for three years. That's why I knew right yeah. off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, so so he's been done for three, and um, I think that if, if you could just count the minutes that he spent with his two, his two oldest kids, um, you know, if, he's, if they are finished with schoolwork, he's right there. If they want to go hit, he's right there. If they want to um, go to the weight room. He's right there. And, um, you know, I, I never really felt like he shortchanged the boys when he was playing pro ball because, uh, I mean, that was his job. And, um, you know, that's how you, that's how he fed his kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as soon as he was finished playing, he kind of had this little feeling he owed them. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I've never seen a guy that'll get up at seven in the morning and go and take his kids to the weight room to teach them how valuable that's going to be if they're going to play. And Jackson has been, you know, a product of, of course, since he was born, being around a ballpark uh, and seeing it. And you just have to thank God that he loves it because sometimes you can overkill it, you know, and, Kids don't want to play. They get to be 18 and they say, the heck with it. I'm done with that. I'm going to college and be a normal kid. But, you know, Jackson's just completely in love with the game. And, and so is Ethan. And, um, you know, Stillwater, Oklahoma, the last two, three years, it's pretty hard to be a first-round draft choice playing in Oklahoma, period, because there's just not a whole lot of competition. But, Matt's taken Jackson all over the place in the summertime. I mean, he's played out of out of, out of Florida, really. And uh, so last summer when he played with USA, and uh, I think some people said, um, boy, if he gets a little bit better and then 15 pounds and, and uh, to watch him play this year was unbelievable. I mean, I've, I've never seen a guy hit 685. <laughs> knocking 80 runs in high school, you know, with 90 hits. I mean, that's, those are, that's crazy. Unbelievable. I mean, I saw a lot of it, but I kept thinking he's going to have to have an O for four, you know, and nope, you know, the worst, I think the worst game he had might've been a one for three, but uh, I mean, it was just, it was almost one of those years you sit there and go, come on, you know, let's get, let's get real here. You know, you, you can't do that. And and he did that, and he did it so quietly. And he's a fun player to watch. I mean, he can run. He's a he's a little bit unique. He's built more like his mom, you know. And he doesn't have Matt's frame, uh, but he's a he's a complete player. I mean, I don't know. Some guy asked me last night. He said, "Do you really want him to be the first pick in the draft?" And and I was like. 
well, are you talking about the jinx of being the first pick? And, and he said, yeah, he goes, you don't want him to be the first pick. And I said, you know, I, I want him to be picked for who he is. And if he's worked hard enough and, and the Orioles think he's their guy, I'm not going to worry about that first pick jinx, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like, how can you possibly wish something for a kid that, that has worked that hard? Yeah, right. And, you know, I mean, if Baltimore doesn't take him, I hope Arizona takes him. I, mean, I, I hope, you know, that he just gets his, his dream come true. And which team it is, it doesn't matter to us. Um, shoot. You know, Matt, Matt, Matt was a, a Rocky, but then he, he found his happiness with the Cardinals. Tom, so, you know, base, baseball, you can't pick it. That's true. Well, we certainly found our happiness with Matt here in St. Louis. He was such an amazing Cardinal, Cardinal Hall of Famer. He's actually our teammate here on 101 ESPN. He joins our afternoon show, The Fast Lane, weekly and, and provides great baseball insight. Tell us what Matt was like as a kid. Well, he was, um, he was very quiet. Um, athletically, he was in the shadow of his brother. Uh, and, and it wasn't bad. He, he was just, Josh was the kind that would like, um, like when a game would be over, uh, Jack, Josh would jump out on the field and want me to throw batting practice to him before the fans left because he wanted to play in front of the fans. And I'd sit there, you know, so I'd go out, walk out and flip him a ball or two. And Matt was the kind that as soon as the game was over, I'd take a shower and I'd say, okay, Matt, you ready to go? And he'd say, no, Dad, you throw it to me. Oh, and I'd be awesome. like, why? Why now? He just didn't want anybody to be around. So, uh, you know, as, as a kid, I think probably the fact that they played together in high school and then when Josh played quarterback, Matt said, well, then I'll be the quarterback. And, uh, you know, they, they, he wasn't like he was competing with his brother. He was just doing what his brother did. And, you know, he just happened to be a little bit bigger and stronger in everything he did. So uh, I think Matt learned by watching, and, and Josh was just a doer. And Josh would run in the linebackers and take him head on and get a concussion. Matt would run to the sideline. And Matt was 6'4", 215 pounds and bigger than most linebackers in high school. But uh, just a, maybe a little bit more savvy because, he, you know, he saw what his brother did. So anything that I tried to correct, Matt would hear, and Matt would do it just a little bit better. So uh, to say what kind of kid he was, I mean, he was – He'd run around with his mom, and he hated shopping. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the stores in Stillwater, uh, they, it would almost be like, here comes that little blonde guy, look out. <laughs> you, you knew that he did not want to be there. And and Kathy come home and say, here, he's yours. You know, he, he every time I take him shopping, he just goes crazy. And, I mean, you'd never know that because he's the nicest guy in the world. But he just, he just, you know, he was just one of those kids that you wanted to be playing all the time. And, uh, you know, mom's got to take their kids grocery shopping every now and then. They got to take them when they go, you know, buy a purse or a pair of shoes. But boy, Matt didn't like that. 
Hey, he Tom. Was, he was he was a good kid. Tom Holiday, Matt and Josh Holiday's father here on Father's Week here on 101 ESPN. I was watching Oklahoma State on ESPN a couple of weeks ago and just scanning the dugout for Matt and, and found Matt. And I, I thought about you because you're watching that dugout and, and you scan for Matt, but Josh is right there in the corner. What's it like for Tom Holiday to see both of his sons in the same dugout on the same coaching staff in Stillwater? You know... It, I, I try to think what each one of them is thinking during a game. And and then I forget, like, for the home games, I do them for ESPN+. Plus, and I'm sitting there, and my partner is really, really good, Dave Hunsiker. And, you know, I'll, I'll look, and, and I can see Josh because he's so, um, so much into every pitch, almost like a cheerleader type. And then Matt's sitting in the back like thinking and then I, I see him with his glasses on and I'm thinking holy cow you know these two kids have grown up but they're 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 both different in in how they deal with the players you know Matt's talking one-on-one to somebody in the corner while the game's going on and you know I, I tease them both you know when the game's over about being tired and uh you know Matt's like starting to understand that it's it's a mental tiredness more than a physical tiredness and uh boy to say your roots um i get so i get so tangled up trying to figure out what they're thinking and what they're doing that you know it's over i'm like damn i felt like i played that game myself <laughs> i mean it, it 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 really wears me out honestly Hey, one one last thing, Tom, and uh, I know because we've talked before how proud you are of Matt Holiday, the person, and he's not in the Hall of Fame for the Cardinals only because of what he did on the field. He had such and still has such an amazing impact on our community, even though, like you say, he hasn't played here in five years. He, he went to the Yankees and the Rockies after that, but he's still such a presence in St. Louis, and he's really a beloved figure in St. Louis. And I, I want you to know that because beyond what Matt Holiday did as a baseball player, he is loved just as much as a person. Yeah. Thank you. Because that's more important. That's more important. You know, he's uh, he's been that way his whole life. And, uh, you know, we moved back to Stillwater when, uh, you know, he never said he was finished playing. You know that. And I kept thinking, he's not finished playing. And um, when we go anywhere, he has the Cardinals on his phone. And I always worry about him wrecking. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll sit there and he'll look over and I say, Matt, will you keep your eyes on the road? And he's like, hey, Dad, relax. I can do this. And so, okay. But. You know, he, he's he's a giver. And, you know, we moved into Stillwater, and I went over to the high school field, and I said, holy cow, what happened here? And, you know, he had he had um, donated money to put AstroTurf in on the high school baseball field, and I didn't even know it. Hmm. I mean, you could tell your dad. <laughs> right. You know, 
it was like no big deal. And, you know, so high school, you know, and, and again, I didn't even know he knew the high school coach. And uh, so the guy has full AstroTurf and he's got uh, the next year, they got a brand new fence. And, you know, I said, boy, I wonder where he got the money at. And he just looks at me and he goes, well, uh, Josh put up the fence. I put, I put it in the field and I was like, wow, are you kidding me? And he said, no, no. He said, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? And, you know, it's like he designed the high school field the way a little kid would do, you know, like someday I'm going to have my own field. So he did that and he did it and never mentioned, never mentioned the dollar amount to me. And, um, you know, what he's done for, in the St. Louis community, uh, he and Leslie, um, they don't, they don't run around bragging about it. People find out and then they just go, wow, you know, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, St. Louis is special to those guys. And, you know, if I had it my way, which I don't, uh, you know, I'd like to see Jackson drafted by the Cardinals. I think that'd be so cool. Yeah, that would that would be awesome. It, it, and hey, you know what? You never know in baseball because who would have thought that Matt Holiday would have wound up here? So you never know. So hopefully, at some point, we get to know Jackson like we have gotten to know Matt. Tom, thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Have a fantastic Father's Day, and uh, thank you for sharing your your son with us for all these years. Thank you guys for calling. Have a great day. That is Tom Holiday. Matt and Josh's dad on 101 ESPN. And Jackson's very proud grandpa. (laughs) Very proud. Into the fish tank. Grand slam! (laughs) What a cool story. What a special memory. Fantastic. You're killing me, Smalls. Coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Mobile on the Run. On the Run is your summertime snack and sip store. Time for... You're killing me, Smalls. Tom Brady, your favorite, Randy. Mm-hmm. He went on with Dan Patrick and uh, some interesting nuggets coming out of that interview. DP asked him about retiring and then unretiring. And Tom said that time went by and he just got super competitive. And he says he thinks he's part crazy, that he just can't turn that side of him off. But then he went on to say that he saw Aaron Donald working out on Instagram. And he was like, damn, maybe I should have stayed retired because he's a beast. He'll be fine. He, he only has to face him once during the regular season. And maybe that's the game that Brady takes off and then beat him in the playoffs. But... We, you made the point a couple weeks ago when we were watching on TV and Brady was working out with the other quarterbacks, and one of them is Blaine Gabbard, who's 31 and 32. One of them is Kyle Trask, who's 22, 23. And Brady looks exactly like them. He doesn't look old at all. He's nimble. He He's in great shape. I don't think that he has anything to worry about. When you would see, and this is no shade to him, but Big Ben looked old. He yeah, lo- he, he sure looked did. weathered at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, those that body had been through a lot. If those quarterbacks for the Bucks had all the same number on, and you didn't know which one was TB twelve, he he looks like he's twenty five. Yeah. His movements are so fluid. He he looks amazing. But it's nice to know, Randy, that even the greatest quarterback of all time is afraid of Darren Donald. Yeah, and admits that there's a little crazy there. I think you have to be crazy to dedicate your life yeah. to something the way that Tom Brady has. You do. To say no to ice cream all the time, to eat avocado ice cream and say, strawberries, pass. 
You have to be a little loco, you know? A lot loco. A You're lot. killing me, Small. A lot loco. Those Aaron Donald workouts, though, are loco. Yeah. He's pretty impressive. I mean, he's, the, the dude is dodging knives. <laughs> it's not bad. No, not at all. You're killing me, Smalls. So, Randy, uh, Mad Dog Russo has been going on with Stephen A. Smith on First Take, and he put out a list, a top five list. It's called the Mad Dog's A-List, and he listed the top five best sports fan bases by city. Mm-hmm. Stephen A. had some uh, some uh, problems with the list, but I want to give you the five and let me know what you think about this. Okay. Coming in at number five, he has Philly. Okay. Number four, Chicago. All right. Number three, New York. Okay. Number two, Detroit. Interesting. And number one on Mad Dog's A-list, best sports fan bases by city, is Cleveland. That's a stupid list. <laughs> Go on. All due respect to Cleveland, and they show up for the Browns, but they don't show up for the Guardians slash Indians. But how can you have a list of the top five? As much as I dislike their teams, Boston people are crazy about sports. How and can they, you have a top five without Boston? And they have all of the four major sports there. And they attend them all. And they all have won championships. Right, right. So I have to have Boston on my list. I don't get Detroit. Now, they show up for the Lions, but they haven't shown up for the Red Wings since they turned bad. They don't show up for the the Pistons. Uh, They don't show up for the Tigers. I don't know why Detroit would be on the list, let alone number two. And if you're going to throw Philly in there, I would argue Pittsburgh might even be a better fan base city because Philly fans will turn on you. It's their way of showing love, but think about the way Pittsburgh supports the Steelers. They're diehard. The Penguins, they're there for the Pirates, even when they're bad. I think Pittsburgh's a great sports city, too. It is. I don't have any problem with Philly because of their passion and the fact that they they do show up. Even for teams that are, are kind of scuffling, they, they, they do show up for them. They might throw batteries at them, but they'll show yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, the phone's ringing. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. Matt is attending to the phone here. Uh, But we should probably wrap up with this, Randy. John Rahm, he's the defending champion Mm -hmm. of the U.S. Open, was out at the country club yesterday, and he shot a ball on the 18th hole. It landed under the TV tower. He's going over there to, to find his ball and continue playing. Two youngsters picked up the ball and they ran away with it. They ran away with the ball. They stole his ball. He kept his cool. He got a drop and uh, went on to have a successful birdie putt. He finished the day at one under 69. But I'm kind of surprised that that doesn't happen more often. That people don't just snag one of these golfers' balls as a souvenir when they get off of the green. Especially little little kids. Yeah, For sure. They can mess up your round. They can make a pro golfer angry. No doubt about it. No doubt. But shout out to John Ron for being cool about it. He joked about it after the day. Thanks. Michelle. You got it. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, one of the great comedians in our country, Sebastian Maniscalco, is coming to town. We're going to talk to him about that in one minute on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. That's Michelle, I'm Randy, and the New York Times has called our next guest the hottest comic in America. Sebastian Maniscalco is coming to St. Louis next week. He's going to be at the Fox on June 23rd and June 24th. You can get tickets by going to his website, SebastianLive.com. Sebastian, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. 
Oh, thanks for having me. Can't wait to get to St. Louis. I'm from Chicago, so anytime I get a chance to come to the Midwest, uh, I really get excited. I mean, uh, the Midwest, uh, the fans there are—they really know comedy. And uh, St. Louis, the Fox Theaters is gorgeous, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, Sebastian, I'm on your Twitter feed right now, and there's a, a very striking photo of you that you posted mm-hmm. uh, from your modeling days. And I know you're a Midwest boy because you're standing in what looks like an abandoned cornfield after harvest. You've got an unbuttoned shirt going on here uh take me through what was happening at that moment well let me give you the background on that photo so every italian kid growing up uh goes through a modeling phase because uh their mother keeps telling them they're so handsome so uh i had these headshots done i believe that was in rockford illinois like the photographer took me to uh like a like a uh, expressway off ramp where there was this like wheat field and he's like just just get in the wheat and unbutton your shirt and then we'll you know we'll take some shots and what do I know I'm 18 years old I'm 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 sitting there with uh, half a sweater open and uh, thinking I'm going to be on the cover of GQ and uh, that's about as far as the modeling career went it, it it basically ended right after that photo was taken. Well, Sebastian, how did you go from being a model in a wheat field to being a comic? How, how did the path evolve? So, I listen, I, I always love stand-up comedy. I used to watch Johnny Carson uh, and, and all the comedians that used to come on Johnny Carson, and I wanted to do it at such a young age. So, after I graduated college, I, uh, I took, a, took a ride out to Los Angeles when I was 24 years old and uh, basically hit the ground running out here. And I have really no TV or film credits to, uh, to uh, you know, catapult me into stand-up comedy. It's all stand-up. It's just going to club, to club, to club, to club, and eventually got up to theaters and arenas and uh it's been great i mean really really enjoyed doing it i mean over the pandemic i was i was dying you know i mean i was like i I, you know i've been doing this for 24 years and all of a sudden it was taken away and i'm sitting around the house and my wife's like what's wrong with you i go what's wrong with you i mean i I gotta make people laugh so uh it's so nice to go back out and and do stand-up comedy especially after being absent for two two years and sebastian a lot of comics were doing virtual stuff i can't imagine how difficult that must be to not get the immediate feedback like you'll get at the Fox next week. Yeah, I didn't get into that whole virtual thing, you know, like a lot of comedians were doing like comedy in their living room. I'm like, jeez, that's uh, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, what I did was like kind of Q and A's. Uh, like companies would would have like a sales meeting and they want some type of entertainment, so I would like do a Q and A on, on on a Zoom and and make it funny. But yeah, I mean, there's no there's no other feeling than going to a live comedy show and 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 feeling the energy of the audience. It's just and especially like I said. That Fox theaters. One of my goals was actually to to play all the Fox theaters in the country, and uh, they're just gorgeous. If you haven't been, you, you definitely have to go. It's it's one of the most. Uh, it's very very pretty. Yeah, they're stunning, Sebastian. Absolutely. Well, it's Dad's Week here on our show as we gear up for Father's Day, and you actually wrote the story of your dad about my father is is coming out uh, hopefully sooner rather than later because I'm dying to see it. But you wrote the story of your dad, and Robert De Niro it played your dad, so that had to be pretty surreal for not only you to be able to write the story of your dad, but to have the great Robert De Niro play him. Crazy experience. So we were on set, and, and De Niro wanted my father on set to kind of whisper in his ear of like how he would do things and what have you. So I brought my father to Mobile, Alabama, where we shot the movie, and my father's a beautician. 
And uh, in the movie, there's a scene where he's doing hair. So, you know, I'm watching my father teach De Niro how to do dye jobs and blowouts. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe this is a guy I had a poster on my wall <laughs> in my bedroom growing up. And, and now my father's teaching him how to do uh, you know, hold a blow dryer. It's, it was it was crazy, crazy to see. And of course, my father, being you know who he is, uh, he comes up to me and he's asking me, uh, "How much am I getting paid for this?" I go, "Who are you getting paid for this, Dad? You're at a movie set with De Niro. What do you mean getting paid?" He goes, "Well, I'm losing clients at home. You know, w- w- what's the what's the salary?" So my dad, you know, is looking to get his. Uh, his, his union card out of this. So it was uh, it was great. It's a love story between a father and a son. Uh, it's probably going to come out next year, and uh, it's hysterical. It was it was six weeks of uh, basically an acting lesson for me working with De Niro. And I need to know, did Robert De Niro learn how to hold the blow dryer correctly? Yeah, this guy's a savant. I mean, he uh, he got my dad down pretty, pretty good. So uh, he was really, really... Um, engaged with my father. He didn't want my father to leave the set. And my father's like, I gotta get back home. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he uh, he really, you know, this is probably arguably one of the greatest actors of our generation, and, and here he is playing my dad, so we are very fortunate to, to get him to do the movie, and uh, I think people are really gonna enjoy it. Sebastian, another thing people will see on your Instagram page, and all they need to do is uh, follow you at Sebastian Comedy, is that you do food presentation. Where did that come from? That came out of the pandemic. I always wanted to marry my passion for food and comedy, and we came across this uh, um, idea I had uh, about, you know, going around and 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 tasting food and and you know, I always wanted to do sushi and learn how to make it so we went and we learned from the the best sushi chefs here in Los Angeles of how to make it how they source their fish and and all that so we did 13 episodes on Discovery Plus and uh, we called it Well Done with Sebastian Maniscalco, and uh, I really had a great time doing that. I mean, we did it during the pandemic, so uh, definitely got me off the couch and uh, and back uh, into entertainment in a different type of way, but uh, really enjoyed it and uh, looking forward to doing another season of that sometime in the future. It looks absolutely delicious, and Michelle and I both have food comments or questions. Number one, uh, you have the bit about the woman in the Subway store, and I, I have seen that before, and you do it so well because people walk into the subway and they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, it's pretty much self-explanatory. When you walk in the subway, there's a bunch of ingredients, there's bread, and you tell the guy what you want on the sandwich. And, uh, you know, you sit in line and you look at these people and they're like baffled. You know, they, they, they're they sitting there looking and, they, you know, and they even like map it out for you on the window, like step one, pick bread, step two, you know, like it, 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 it's amazing the lack of, of uh, common sense out there when you go into the world. It's just astonishing. I mean, uh, it, it, people go, where do you come up with your material? I go, walk out the door. I mean, take a look around. Especially you know, you go to the airport, too. It's like you look around the airport, and I'm looking at these people going, how did you even manage to purchase the ticket? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at people at the gate, and I'm like, did you... You know, how did you go through the Expedia process to, to even get your ticket? They, they don't even look like they they, 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 it looks like a slumber party at the airport. Nobody's dressed. 
And they, you know, they they come. They basically roll out of bed, and they're in their pajamas. I mean, there used to be a time in this country when you traveled and you got dressed up for the occasion, and now you go to the airport and it's like, you know, people got rollers in their hair. <laughs> I, they're wearing slippers half the time at the airport, Sebastian. No, yeah, slippers is definitely now a an acceptable. Uh, way to travel, you know. I mean, it, it, and, and then people bring their own pillows on the plane, which I don't understand that that move at all. Like you're going to take the pillow from your bed Ugh. and bring it on an airplane with a pillow. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it it just seems like the country's upside down when it comes to any type of hygiene or uh, presentation. I want to go back to food, Sebastian, and well done with Sebastian on Discovery Plus. So you're Italian, I'm Italian, and any Italian family has a secret recipe or a dish that they think that their family does better than anybody else. So if Sebastian is going to make a family dish that's going to wow everybody, what is it? There's a thing in Sicilian culture. It's called pasta tayan. It's a pasta layered. It's almost like a lasagna, but within the layers is uh, is meat uh, and and pine nuts and and cheese and a red sauce. My father really really uh, does it well. As he grows older, he's you know I don't know I don't know if you're noticing this with your parents. I mean they used to be good cooks. Now like my mother is making. Uh, she makes an unbelievable cheesecake, but then she'll go, I made cheesecake, but I didn't have any cheese, so I used coconut. What? <laughs> you know, like, it, it's like, it's not even a cheesecake anymore, Ma. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, as they grow older, I, I just tend to take them out to eat now. I mean, as far as the, my parents getting behind the, the stove, I think those days are done. One of the funniest people in America is Sebastian Maniscalco. He'll be here in St. Louis at the Fox next Thursday and Friday. You can get tickets at SebastianLive.com. Thanks so much for your time, sir. We do appreciate it. Looking forward to having you in town next week. You got it. I can't wait. Take care. That is Sebastian Maniscalco with us on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. We're going to handle the first half of the balloon party. T-Mac and Ajax are out today. And then BK and Ferrario are going to come in at 1030. But we're going to wrap up this week of Carriker and Smallman looking back on our uh, guests that we had and how much fun we had with dads and then talk a little Cardinal baseball during the balloon party here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Every year when we do Dad's Week, it is so fun for us, and we hope it's fun for you to hear how proud fathers are of their athlete sons and, and daughters. And Michelle, this has been a lot of fun this week to hear from the dads and especially to to hear the pride in their voices when they get the opportunity to talk about the, the, their offspring. It's been one of the greatest weeks, Randy, and um, I love hearing proud dads talk about mm-hmm. their kids. And we've had some great dads on the show this week, and it's been really cool to hear them talk about their kids. And I'm not surprised that we have so many great athletes here in St. Louis because they have great dads. Yeah. They, they they come from a good foundation. But Brian O'Reilly, Kelly Chase, Brad Scherzer, Chris Jericho talking about his dad and about Bobby Plager. Great stories from here. Rick Carpenter, Keith Kachuk, Mark McGuire, Jay Delsing talking mm-hmm. about, about being a girl dad today. Chris Long, Tom Holliday. We've had some awesome, awesome dads on the show. And your dad and Matthew's dad this morning also. And it's interesting what we learned 
learn because we hear blues players refer to Ryan O'Reilly as O'Ry or Factor. Factor, yeah. So he's got a couple of nicknames. Little did we know, and his dad Brian O'Reilly explained to us earlier in the week why the family nickname is Snook. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we we raised quite a few foster kids, and there was always a couple Ryans because we were a long-term uh, placement with uh, taking a foster kid. So my mom uh, used to uh, always call him, uh, his, her pet name for him was Snook because he was always into everything and always causing kind of, you know, chaos and trouble uh, wherever he went in terms of his energy because he just could not sit still. And uh, he's like his old man. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so she named him Snook and then that name just stuck and like even his teachers at, at at primary school called them Snook and high school they all called them Snook. We like it's so funny when I hear the word Ryan O'Reilly, I always go, "Who are they talking about?" <laughs> well, it seems like the next time we see Ryan O'Reilly at Centene or down at Enterprise Center when the Blues get back in town, I'm calling him Snook. Got to. Yep. If even his teachers were calling him Snook, that's our end, yeah, Randy. That we're on the inner circle. No doubt. Well, but I can't wait to talk to Ryan about his dad because his dad is a mental performance coach mm-hmm. and explained to us about not only what he did, but how Ryan grew up in this environment, watching him train athletes. And it really contributed to the person that he is today. And we've gotten Brian's perspective of it. I would love to talk to Ryan about his dad. Yeah. And. You have placed, and I don't disagree with you, so I'm going to place him, too, on our Mount Rushmore of guests, Mark McGuire. He's on with us on a pretty regular basis now, and we love talking to him. And, Michelle, I remember, I guess I became a a home run chase super fan without even realizing it, Mm -hmm. because those home runs are in my mind's eye, and I remember those days so vividly. And I remember September 7th of 1998 when McGuire hit number 61 with his father in the stands celebrating his 61st birthday. And then when Mark finishes rounding the bases, there's another father-son moment. His son Matt is waiting for him, and he lifts him up with that iconic photo that we've seen. If you Google it right now, Mark and Matt McGuire, you can see it. It's incredible. But we got a chance uh, yesterday to talk to Mark McGuire about his dad being around for home run number 61. When he got stricken with polio to to be as tough as he was as as a man uh being successful as he was as a dentist and to never show any kind of i guess i mean he never complained and and i and i think about the times that all the bad times that i went through throughout my career the ups and downs and i'm just like thinking the times that yeah i probably complained a lot but i think the bottom line is when i really sat down and looked at the mirror i'm like Here's my dad that had to go through what he had to go through, and he never complained. So why am I complaining? Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, the thing is, this is work ethic. His work ethic was off the charts. And the thing is, he was out the door before I got up in school. He was always home later. He, that's his work ethic. And then I see myself as an athlete. I was always one of the first ones there, and I was always one of the last ones to leave. Um, and I was a perfectionist. And, and I, and I, I truly believe that was something that he didn't necessarily talk about. It was one of those things when I was a kid growing up, I just watched and I saw that and I saw the, 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 the work ethic and what he did as a, as a man, as a professional, um, um, 
dentist and, and the things he had to do and the, the caring person that he was. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it was truly, truly awesome. Mark McGuire is one of the most mentally tough people that we know. We've talked to him a lot about that season and how he would meditate before games in a quiet, dark room and really focus his mind in on the task at hand. And it's so interesting to talk to him about where he got that from with his dad. And it's crazy, Randy, how much we absorb from our parents through osmosis, that his dad didn't talk about being a hard worker. He just lived it every day and that Mark somehow absorbed that and applied it to his own life and it's just been a really fascinating look at some of these athletes that we know from the outside about how their dad shaped who they Mm -hmm. are and mark as we know he loves being in a major league dugout he wants to be back in a major league dugout but with a year left on his contract four years ago he decided to leave major league baseball so that he could be with his sons and coach them and prepare them for either college or pro baseball and his older son, at least among the, this pair of sons, Max, just completed his uh, freshman year at Oklahoma, and they're going to be in the College World Series. And Mason, his son that just completed high school, is probably going to be drafted, and Mark has taken Mason to work out with both the Cubs and the Yankees, and hopefully the Cardinals will take a look, because I think it'd be really cool at some point in time to have another McGuire wearing a Cardinal uniform. So we had Tom Holliday, Matt's dad, on earlier in the show, and Jackson Holliday's grandpa on earlier in the show, and he said, Tom did, that he would love for Jackson to somehow Mm -hmm. end up with the Cardinals, because St. Louis was such a special place for Matt and their entire family. Wouldn't it be amazing if somehow we end up with a McGuire grandson here and also another holiday? If we could just get a McGuire and another holiday here with the Cardinals at some point? Let's throw a Kachuk in there, too. I love where your head's at, Randy. Yeah. We're always thinking that here. It reminds me, there was a picture that came out a couple weeks ago. The, like the, the the Red Sox were having like this like junior thing like tournament going on, and Manny Ramirez's son, David Ortiz's son, Gary Sheffield's son, all together playing baseball on the wow. same team. And it's like, man, the, the the generation. You saw it last night in the NBA. It's just crazy how much professional athletes we have these ne- these second generations things just keep going. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, and we can't thank the fathers enough for the generosity with their time. And all of you dads out there, we wish you the happiest of Father's Day and all the uh, sons and daughters of dads. Take care of dad on Sunday. Now, we've talked to a lot of great dads, interviewed a lot of great dads. You're a great dad, Randy, and I want to wish you a happy Father's thank Day you. as well. And since you are one of the greatest dads of all time, I need to know, what is the key to being a great dad? Well, so much, and by the way, this is one of my regrets, but one of the constants that we've heard throughout the week is be present. And you do have to, and you don't learn it until it's too late unless you listen to people. We were talking during a break, it happens so fast Mm -hmm. that you have to be present and you have to be around and just enjoy them growing up. And Jim Cruz, the old St. Louis U basketball coach, had a great term. And every time we would have him on with us, he would say that he would tell his kids, do the next right thing. Even if they mess up, okay, just go do the next right thing. And that's the, that's the key to life. If you can instill that in your kids to do the next right thing, then you'll have done a good job. What a great piece of advice. Yeah. So thank you very much. Well, happy Father's Day, Randy. I appreciate that. Hey, we're going to have a little party. It's a balloon party. Uh, Tim McKernan is out because his golf, uh, his country club has their their member guest today, so he's playing in that, which is important. You know, it seems like 
Tim takes a lot of days off to golf, and we're filling in for them. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. But how do we get that gig, Randy? How do we get to take more days off to go play golf? We've got it pretty good. Oh, I'm not complaining, but I would like to get more days off to play golf. But he has to work till 11. See, we're done at 10. We do a show plan, 1030. We got time. How's my Monday show looking like? A Monday, <laughs> I am in the Backstoppers tournament. I'm looking forward to that. And so I'm going to be participating there. So Chris Kerber is going to be filling in for me. And then um, another of my pet projects that I really love is Folds of Honor. And Michelle, you've been kind enough and the station has been kind enough to support me in supporting Folds of Honor. And on the 27th, we will be at that sold out tournament at Whitmore Country Club. Not only at Whitmore, but it's at Missouri Bluffs, too. They've got 327 wow. golfers, and we'll have the show at the Folds of Honor Tournament on the 27th at Whitmore. It's an amazing event, and I am glad that we get to be out there and witness it because you always leave inspired. You really do, and they do fantastic work. Coming up as we start the balloon party is the injury that's going to place Yadier Molina on the IL, perhaps a little bit of a blessing in disguise for the Cardinals' future? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Ten oh six, a balloon party. Michelle, Randy, and Matthew with you. And uh, T Mac and Ajax are off today. T Mac with a, a member guest, and he's golfing with Iggy at his golf facility and so uh, they aren't here so we're going to do the first half of the balloon party and then bk and ferrari are going to come in and do the second half and michelle we're going to start by giving away tickets to dead and company on tuesday at hollywood casino amphitheater unless you'd like the tickets i have a generous heart randy and i want to give some a great listener out there the opportunity to go okay well here's how you do it you need to have listened to the show and earlier tonight today earlier today we we're not in the night yet we had Tom Holiday on, and Tom is the father of Josh and Matt and the grandfather of Jackson. And this is what Tom Holiday said, and we need you to complete what Jackson Holiday said to Tom. Here it is. It would be like he would run the bases and they weren't there. And then he would just jump up like after he touched home play, like home run. <laughs> wow. Home run. And then he'd put his hands in the air and he'd say, go horns. <laughs> That's and, great. I mean, two years old. But the biggest thing he ever did was he hit one one night and it went right in the fish tank. And he said, "Okay, so Jackson Holiday hit a little wiffle ball right into the fish tank, and it went into the fish tank." And he said, "Blank. You need to fill in the blank." Six five seven eight zero, the Air Comfort Service text line. And if you can tell us and be texter number seventy seven, then you will win tickets to Dead and Company. And by the way, you can find a bonus chance to win free tickets for Dead and Company right now at one hundred one ESPN dot com or on your one hundred one mobile app. Can I give you a late take it or leave it? Yes. Take it or leave it. When Jackson Holiday eventually becomes a St. Louis Cardinal, they need to put a fish tank out in Freeze's lawn for Jackson Holiday yes. to hit blank. A hundred percent take. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. So text in now, 65780. Michelle, the Cardinals, according to Katie Wu at The Athletic, are going to call up Yvonne Herrera as Yadier Molina with sore knees makes his way to the IL this week. And 
Andrew Kisner's been struggling offensively. He's hitting less than 200 now. 198 is his batting average. 283 on base. Only a 257 slug and a 541 OPS. Only four extra base hits all year long. So you would think that Ivan Herrera will get some opportunities to play, some opportunities to catch. And I wonder if this evaluation process will benefit the Cardinals. And I wonder if the chance to get to the major leagues like Yachty did in 04 when he was 20 years old, will lead to a long and illustrious career for Herrera. How many times have we talked about who's going to be the heir apparent to Yachty or Molina? And how many times have we had the debate of what about playing time, load management? How are the Cardinals going to be able to evaluate who the heir apparent is if Yachty is still playing as much? How long have we talked about this? A decade? Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) And Yachty just endures, you know? Before Carson Kelly, we were... We were talking about a, a catcher named Brian Anderson yeah, uh, that obviously never made it. I mean, we have been talking about this a long, long time. A long time. And we know that this is the final season for Yadier Molina and that the heir apparent is going to need to be found. And even though Andrew Kisner has done a good job as the backup to Yadi, I think most people talk about Yvonne Herrera as the guy, as the person that is going to be the anchor for the Cardinals uh, at the catching position moving forward. And so I think this is beneficial for the Cardinals to be able to bring him up, see what he can do, get him some of that major league seasoning, because next season is going to be here before you know it and Yadier Molina isn't going to be here so I think that it's going to be great for both parties involved for Herrera to get the reps and for the Cardinals to see what they have in him and see if he really can be the heir apparent and we all know about Gorman and Jordan Walker and Libertor those guys that are such hot prospects and a couple of them have already made their major league debuts but Ivan Herrera is a top 100 prospect in all of baseball too he's number 93 on MLB.com's list and his projected ETA Michelle for making it to the majors is this year 2022 so he's on schedule and the Cardinals should be at a point where they want to take a look at him now the troubling aspect of this the the entire scenario is not that they're being able to call up their fourth top 100 prospect of the year. And the only one of their top 100s that hasn't been up yet, obviously, is Jordan Walker. The troubling aspect to this is that it's kind of two-pronged. Number one, you kind of need Yadier Molina to be reasonably healthy to win because of the defense that he provides, because of the fear that he instills in opposition. Mm-hmm. So not having Yadier Molina for multiple weeks and it felt to me in reading the article like it was a rather serious issue with the knees. But not having him is certainly troubling. And then, to a lesser extent, I guess, the fact that Yachty and Wayno are so close to the record held by Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehand for all-time starts by a battery, that is a real bummer, too. They're nine starts away. Yeah. They're so close. And we know that Yachty's going to be out at least a couple of weeks. There's no definitive timetable for his return. And this knee is- these knee issues have been lingering, persisting. And I would imagine that if Yachty or Molina says that he can't go, he must be in some pretty severe pain. And I just hope that the, that the record gets broken, ready Because I, I don't know why, but I am so emotionally invested in this record. Maybe it's because of how great Wayno and Yachty have, have been as Cardinals. Maybe it's because 
if slash when they break this record, it's never going to be touched nope. again, which you can't really say about many records in sports. How much turnover do we have when it comes to records? But I just think this will be such a defining thing for them as a duo, and it will be such a, a big thing that we talk about when we talk about their legacy. And the fact that they're so close, I just don't want it to be something where they're one away and, and they end up missing it. Is there a longevity record beyond this one and I guess there's some because who knew about this record when a hundred starts ago with these guys but nobody's catching Cal Ripken in consecutive games played nobody's catching Pete Rose in games played nobody's catching 5,700 strikeouts by Nolan Ryan nobody's catching 511 wins by Cy Young nobody's uh, honestly nobody's catching 762 home runs mm-hmm. or even 755 home runs if you think that's the authentic record by Hank Aaron so those sorts of records because of the length of time players play now are not going to be broken anymore and so this might not only be an un- unbreakable record it might be the last significant longevity record that gets broken and not only that not only the longevity of the two of them in their careers mm-hmm. but we see movement, player movement on teams, unlike we ever did in the past. And it's just such a great tribute to them and their careers as Cardinals, as singular Cardinals, that they were able to get this done. And I just hope that Yachty is in a hyperbaric chamber or do whatever he needs to do, because not only do we want to see him, but we want to see those two break this record. Is it enough that they beat, um, who was it, Spawn and... um, Crandall. Yeah, Spawn and Crandall's, you know, wins record. That was the one that, you know, Wayno mentioned that to us when we had him on, I think it was the first Wednesdays with Wayno of the season when we were talking about that record. They got the wins one a couple starts ago, and that's, I mean, that's that's pretty big. So I wonder if, you know, is that enough for these guys? I think it might be. I don't think it is for Adam. It is for me, at least. Yeah. I'm not going to be bad. I mean, if this is what... is what causes them not to hit the starts one. I'll be bummed. But the fact that they got the win, wins one, that's almost more impressive to me. Adam was talking about this one before he was talking. Last that's year, true. he yes, was talking about this before the wins one. And it's it's etching their name in history right. again. And I, uh, to me, getting the wins is great, but I I would want them to have both. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a superb longevity record, not only for them, by the way, but for the organization. Because like you say, Michelle, how many guys last in this day and age 18 years with one franchise and to have two do it is pretty incredible and you think about all the injuries that yeah. they had to overcome and the gaps that they've had in Wayno's career when he has been rehabbing and to think that even with all of that they would be able to break it is pretty remarkable that's michelle i'm randy a little what's on tap as we head towards bk and ferrario coming up at the bottom of the hour here on 101 espn we're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Congratulations to Dave here in St. Louis, who listens to the show every single day. He is headed to Dead Company, Dead and Company, next Tuesday evening at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater because he listened to the Tom Holiday interview and knew what young Jackson Holiday, two-year-old Jackson Holiday, said when he hit a little wiffle ball into the fish tank in Tom Holiday's living room. And he said, Grand Slam. That's what it was. He said, Grand Slam. Two-year-old Jackson Holiday. How what, cute is that? What a baseball prodigy, though. At two, yeah. that he would be sitting down watching baseball with his grandpa, be able to mimic the movements and smack a wiffle ball into a fish tank for mm-hmm. a Grand Slam. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was watching like the, the Robin Hood VHS for the eighth time in a row when I was two years old. He's like, no, put in that championship run for the horns again, baby. By the way, 
the ownership situations in both Baltimore and Arizona are horrible. I hope that he lands in a better situation than those situations. That being said, Mm -hmm. if he does land in those situations, it'll probably be a situation in which he'll make it to the majors more quickly because Mm -hmm. he'll he won't have as much as many people in front of him, and they'll want to rush him, and so he'll make it to St. Louis more quickly. I I love where your head's at, Randy. You're just finding out a quicker pathway for him to get with the Cardinals. Exactly. Great. Positive. Hey, we also, during the course of this weekend, we want you to download the 101 mobile app, and this is a favor to us. It is loaded, by the way, with a ton of great giveaways, and you can win $1,000 in cash, and you can win a Traeger grill. You can win a rolling Yeti cooler, a signed Ryan O'Reilly Blues jersey. Want that? A lot of cool stuff. So all you need to do is download the app, and if you already have it, just check out the rewards section. But all of the contests are going on right now on the 101 mobile app. And this is not just a contest for you, and we hope you win, but it's a contest for us against the 105.7 The Point people, the Riz Show. Mm -hmm. It's against WIL. It's against the Arch and Casey. We need to have not that we get any anything out of it except for bragging rights, but we need to have more app downloads and more app users than the other stupid stations down the hall. So I, I didn't call them. I don't. They aren't all stupid. Chris Convey's stupid. Everybody else is great. He's the only stupid one. Yeah. Okay. And he's, and he's at the arch. On the so show. if you <laughs> if you don't have the app, take a beat. Grab your phone, because I know it's likely in your hand already. If it's not, it's nearby. We we don't have these things far from us at any point. All you got to do is go to your app store, download the 101 ESPN app, and we thank you. Yeah, do we, us a favor. Right. Thank you very much. And How about this? Yeah. You know who, if you don't do it for us, do it for our teammate who joins us weekly, Adam Wainwright. Yeah. How are you not going to do it for Wayno? Do it for Wayno. If you don't want to do it for Randy and I, do it for Adam Wainwright. Thank you very much, Michelle. Now, Michelle's an idea person. They just keep coming, and she can't stop them. (laughs) And so, Michelle, you have a a great idea, and I I like it, and I think we need to get in touch with the proper people to get this off the ground. Yeah, Randy, you're close with Joe Buck, who knows all the suits Mm -hmm. at the networks. He's got to be able to make this happen, right, somehow, or he knows the person who can make this happen. So one of my favorite things in sports is that Shaq has the most generous heart and loves to go around and do kind things for people. He'll be at a store and see a a mom buying a computer. He'll buy it for her. He just loves to go out there and make people's days. So over the weekend, he went to a restaurant in New York, walked in, said, I want to pay the tab of every single person here. The bill was over 25K. Shaq just signed it away. He even bought dinner for the entire staff and gave the servers, quote, the biggest tip they've ever received. He's so fun. He's such a great personality. We love to see him on Inside the NBA. I want a show called Shaq's Surprise, where there are cameras rolling and we get to see the reactions of people as he does these great things for them. And he does it, by the way, without any publicity. He doesn't want to be given any sort of recognition for this. But, of course, Shaq is one of the most recognizable people in our country. If you see Shaq out, you know that it's Shaq who's going to do this for you. But even though he doesn't want the praise for this, I want to see it. And I think it would bring joy to a lot of people to watch Shaq's surprise. And he is such, obviously, a unique physical specimen and a unique gregarious personality. Patrick Mahomes has done this kind of stuff. Kurt mm-hmm. Warner did this kind of stuff. But with those personalities and those guys, it would be, be so much different and so much 
you use the word joy. It would be so much more of a joyful experience if people get to go hug Shaq. Have you seen the video that was out recently of one of his fans meeting him and he was on the set and the, the guy came up and was like, you're my favorite. I love you. Shaq took the watch right off of his wrist and gave it to the guy. Isn't that incredible? Who knows how much the watch cost? Shaq didn't even think twice about it. Just gave it over to the guy and said, thanks so much for for chatting. I appreciate you. And the guy was like, I love the watch. Thank you. But I'm just so honored (laughs) to meet you. And I just think that stuff like that might inspire other people to be more generous. And you know what, Michelle? As we close our dad's week, he had such a great relationship with his father. And a lot of that generosity, if not all of it, is a product of his relationship relationship with his military dad and he's got a great relationship with his kids and one of them's a really good basketball player so it's great to close out dad's week with with that thought because all of us need to utilize our ability to express and give out joy so to close out dad's week, little shout out to my dad. One of my favorite things that my dad has ever instilled in me is to have a, a servant's heart. And mm-hmm. he never really talked about it, but my dad always is giving to charities or doing different things. He he thinks that food insecurity in this country is outrageous. He cannot believe that there's people in America that go hungry. So a couple times a week, my dad will go to the grocery store, fill up his car with cereal and drop it off at, at a food pantry. That's he just awesome. goes ahead and does it. They call him the cereal man because <laughs> he wants to buy something that will last a long time and that anybody can eat. And he never told me, go ahead and do, do this. You need to do mm-hmm. this. But through watching him do that, anything that we do with the show, Randy, we're like, how do we get a charity involved? How do we give back mm-hmm. to other people? And I think so many parents out there without even realizing it are instilling it in their kids that it's important to be grateful and appreciative for what you have and give back to other people. Yeah, that's a great approach. And I'm glad that your dad does that. Thank him for us. Yeah. Shout out to Tony Smallman, the cereal man. Yep. And by the way, uh, for the... Did I just uh, out him as a cereal man? I don't know if they even yeah. know it's... Well, it's my hey, dad. There you he go. He hasn't killed anybody. No, he's so just... not a cereal killer. So you know what? If you're thinking of something nice to do... For Father's Day, why don't you make a donation on behalf of yeah. your dad? Go Good out idea. and get get some cereal and drop it off at a food pantry or something and, and tell your da- dad that you appreciate what he's given to you and you wanted to give to others. Okay, remember, Michelle, Smallman opened Little Known Fifth Major this weekend. <sighs> what Jay Delsing said, stack the shoulders, hips, and knees. Yes. Be aligned. And if you're aligned, you're going to be a lot better. And then you specifically, yes. okay, say it to yourself couple of times before and even take a practice swing slow 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 i try to count one two three bingo yeah that's and good. always keep your eye on the ball whenever yeah. i have a bad shot my dad's like your head popped up yep. you gotta keep your eye on the ball i'm like i swear i was looking at it the whole time i just suck little tip whatever kind of ball you have okay yes give so me a tip Titleist, callaway whatever bridgestone put it on the ground so that you can read the back of the ball okay. and just read the back of that ball for your entire swing great tip Read and just hit right through it. Just so you want to see that ball, that club hit the ball as it as you're reading the B and keep your head down okay. on it. That'll so just I, I do that all the time. Just read I, and when I tee up, I don't know if it's cheating or not, but I, when I tee up, I set it so that I can read the back of the ball. I don't think that's cheating. You're just placing the ball to your preference. Trying to, yeah, trying to. Well, thanks for the tip. Hopefully, I can make you proud and bring home the trophy. I hope so. Uh, thank you to our producer engineer, Matthew Rocchio, and thanks to his dad, Dave, for joining us earlier in the show. And thank you for having him on. That was amazing.
pleasure. It was great. My pleasure as always. Have a great Father's Day weekend. Michelle, thank you. Thanks. Happy Father's Day, Randy. Have a great weekend. Thanks. And I am out on Monday for the Backstoppers Golf Tournament. I'll be back on Tuesday. Chris Kerber will be in with Michelle. And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. The Balloon Party continues with BK and Ferrario coming up for all of us until Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Top tech companies like Intel have a secret to their success. They get the best talent, reliable infrastructure, and save on costs by expanding in Ohio, the new Silicon Heartland. Learn how your business can succeed in Ohio. Visit successinohio.com.